What's up, VHS heads? You're listening to the VHS Abyss. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. Uh, and welcome to part two. Welcome to part two of our shrinking double episode. So last week we was doing Sony I Shrunk the Kids, which we had an absolute whale of a time doing. Uh, and now we are finishing off with the conclusion with part two, uh, and we're doing Inner Space. All right. So, like, when you're thinking of shrinking films, really, these are the only yeah, 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 yeah. two you can think of. Yeah. So, yeah, these were two massive films of our childhood. So we're going to delve into it, discuss, dissect as much as we can. I mean, because, I mean, these two have been just incredible features, for special effects-wise, haven't they, really? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Massive. Right. Bringing it back, all the the old school, like practical effects, yeah. everything that that got us into love with the movie making in first place. Exactly, yeah, it's the magic of magic of movies, isn't it? This was just well made me fall in love with them and just like believe the the magic of it. it was, these oh. these two were like right up there for that. No, absolutely, right, and and this again, these are the films that just cement. Like how that period of movie will never get touched because you know these are films like made with passion. Like you know these are people that are spending hours and days setting up these shots and and the imagination with the practical effects and 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 this is what it's all about. You know and, and yeah that's I can't get on with just modern. I fell out of love with modern films so much. Like so. Yeah, this is exactly the reason we're doing this podcast uh, is for these two movies, really, like and 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 highlighting it. I mean, obviously, we've done some already in the horror genre, but seeing it in this kind of scale uh, with like these family movies, studio movies, uh, and the practical effects involved and the guys behind it. Um, yeah, we've we've got so much to talk about um, how they did the shots and the effects. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to to get into it. Really, like you know. So, so yeah, it's an exciting episode. So, um, but before we jump on to that, uh, we've got to give a shout out to uh, we had a day trip out, didn't we, guys? We did, yeah. yeah. We had a little, uh, yeah, a little road trip, didn't we? Real yeah. time. Yeah, it was, it was a wonderful time. So um, yeah, we uh, had a drive up to old Liverpool to the Video Odyssey. So Andy at Video Odyssey. Yeah, he's got a, an amazing yeah. setup there. What what they've done? It's like a it's like a VHS heritage centre almost, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? It's just a it's trip back in time. Just looking at it all, it was just yeah, incredible. Yeah, great uh, great collection. Yeah, great guy Andy looked after us very well. He did. Yeah, he, very welcoming. Yeah. yeah, such a great bloke and made us feel so welcome. Um, and uh, yeah, it made us quite. It felt quite special being there because obviously he had uh, it was showing us around the place, uh, his whole collection of um, the movies that he, he rents out to the public. So it is an actual working video shop. Yeah, they've got a really cool setup there, so you can you can rent videos, but you can even rent the VCRs as well. Yeah, so it's like genius, so it's so clever, and it does make me jealous. I really really wish I lived closer, especially. I, I, I basically got my hands on a couple of VCR, v, VHS players, right? A couple of VCRs, right? <laughs> and um, and I'm and I'm not like you, Matt. I'm not. I'm not. I've no interest in being a big collector. But do you know, the more we've been, especially going to um, straight to video at Alfton and then going up there, it just it piqued me interest. So um, at the weekend, I thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give these 
babies are well. See if I can get up. So got my Scott lead set up, yeah. <laughs> get everything in place. Both VCRs two taped. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've got two duds. So, yeah, so, but and, uh, problem is, it got me so excited. I got, I went from not being that forced to like being really excited in anticipation for getting it hooked up, and <laughs> both are knackered. <laughs> like, don't, ah. let, don't let it dwindle. You can yeah. there's eBay. There's, yeah. there's, there's but did, out there. did you get some sort of picture though before it chewed up? No, no, no. We just didn't. Right. Both didn't play. I, see, I, I had. I had I was worried about one because I know that had been abused anyway. Right. But then I'd, I'd, I'd got my hands on a nice little Panasonic um, VHS. Well, that's one of the best bands. Yeah, Panasonic band VHS band, DVD yeah. combo. Sweet. Uh, so I really thought I'd scored <laughs> big time. <laughs> and yeah, the me- it just wouldn't engage. So I'd, I'd been given a head cleaner. So I thought the clever thing to do would put that in first yeah. and let it try and play. But it wouldn't even engage. It wouldn't yeah. even go into play. And then, so I th- I'd got a a blank cassette that I didn't know if there anything on it but I thought I'm risking that rather than Conair or Grease which <laughs> <I've got me> <laughs> <on>. <laughs> uh, which is the only other VC- VHS I've got yeah. um, so I tried that and yeah I, I heard that or, do you know you know when you hear it go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I had to literally rag it out to yeah, play it so. all them nostalgia memories yeah exactly so. I just turned to like but it's funny rage. because I, I don't know where, back in the day like when I mean, we literally were at the video shop like, as, as, a, as a family almost every day. Like, yeah, we, so I, I can't ever remember having like those really bad days. Like, no. or, like where yeah, yeah, there might have been an odd moment where it's like, oh fuck's sake, it's tube tape. <laughs> but like, it seems to be now because of you know through obviously decades of just like usage and and you know, and, either and, that yeah. or it, it may it may be a factor. Joe, if the mechanism stood. For a mm. while, yeah, it's just I bet needs a bit, a bit yeah. of a clean. VHSs, I don't remember. It was tapes, like uh, cassette Set tapes, tape. like oh. music tapes. I remember it doing it with my Walkman all the time. But that, you know, it's quite easy with a pencil trick for that one, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. uh, no, I don't remember VHSs being no, too much I, of a problem. I've never. Yeah, that's it because that's all. All we have is, ent- and, and uh, it's very rare that we had those moments. Where it's like, oh god, like to the point where it's like, God, get it out of the fucking window. I'm fucked up with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. never really like no, that, you know, never for it. So it's yeah, I think a lot of the time like I say, I have had my issues with players and, and we're talking with Andy uh, at the, <laughs> the Odyssey. Like so uh, we we obviously spent the day there, uh, it showed us round and uh, I I I'd like basically like a, a bit of a free run at some tapes like you know with his massive yeah, he had 40,000 <laughs> so he's got 40,000 tapes I like, think you're hoping we'd take a few armfuls yeah, each yeah. weren't you really that's right how big the boot was yeah and, 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 and when I said like well yeah I'm a bit particular what I get I think he's like kind of like heart sank a bit because he took me into the back room and he had boxes and bags full of just donations of people from uh, socials or whatever um, and I ended up literally coming out with two tapes. <laughs> One was, oh God, I've been after it for so long, uh, Moving with Richard Pryor, which was also the film that we had streamed on the projector. So we had our own private screening of Moving with Richard Pryor. 
uh, which uh, yeah, it was just great reminiscing with that because it's so long since I've watched it. Yeah, I yeah. thoroughly recommend that film by the way. Really, really, really it's hilarious. For if the, you're a Richard Pryor fan, especially, yeah. but yeah, it's a, such hidden a funny gem because I don't remember much about it. Really. No, me I, don't, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd watched it in full before then. No. So yeah, it was great. Really <sighs> funny. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of the films I absolutely battered as a kid and. And um, yeah, since I moved out from my dad's, and my dad had it originally on VHS, and I never, I could never find it ever on DVD, and and I've looked for it and stuff, and and yeah, so to get it now, I own it on VHS again, so I'm, I'm so chuffed with that. It is such a hidden gem, especially for the later prior films yeah. as well. It, mm. it is, a, I love it so much. So that was just a great experience. So I come out with that, and then I also had a. Um, uh, a horror uh, film called Lurkers, which um, I, I briefly put on, and uh, it, I, I took a gamble. Uh, it looked all right, the artwork on it. Um, I've not watched it, to be fair. And, um, it might be one I might wait for the episodes. Like, yeah, we find something to double up with Lurkers, like, so you guys can join in with the fun. Yeah, it's it took a, it takes a lot for you to turn it up. I mean, I've seen some shit horrors, but like, <laughs> just the opening like five minutes, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, it's so amateurish. So, yeah, that's one for us to do in a future episode. <laughs> I'm sure it's on YouTube because normally the gash horrors normally are. So, um, but overall, I mean, I, obviously, while I was rummaging, you guys was on the arcade machines. Yeah, yeah, it's got a cool setup. Brilliant. So, a little bar area with a retro arcade and. Yeah. Um, they've even got a big sound stage, haven't they? Which you're telling us they'd done a bit of, they'd had some filming done there. So, uh, yeah, cool. It, it's just you it, left there thinking, God, I hope they thrive. Whatever they need to do to keep, because his passion's obviously driving factor oh, yeah, behind it. So what? And his his passion is keeping that physical media, that specific physical media as well, the VHS. He used to be a VHS store clerk, didn't he? We yeah, walked in his it got all the. The, the stand-up signs and stuff, funny, and yeah. the actual um, yeah. displays, yeah, to, to the, the effort, the original that, ones, exactly, yeah, the the effort that guys put in, and you can see the passion with it because it's been going six years strong now, like, yeah. you know, it literally started through lockdown, and yeah, it's just it's it's going on, and again, like if if any anybody's really looking for like a, a sound stage, like for for whatever reason, that that is for hire. He did mention that, so I think he said thirty pound a day or an yes, hour, yeah, thirty pound yeah. an hour for a recording stage. I think he mentioned, and uh, yeah, he's got such a cracking setup uh, um, up there. So so yeah, so highly recommend it. You know, is is a great guy, made us feel so welcome. So yeah, I, I highly recommend uh, Video Odyssey. Uh, at Liverpool, so, so yeah, all right, so that was our little trip out, weren't it? And, and it? Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. So, so today's movie is in the space. Uh, early memories, guys. I mean, this to me personally is one I purposely remember. Like I had it on uh, recorded off at TV. Yeah, same. Absolutely battered. Yeah, this was a, yeah. This is a more TV so than tape. shrunk the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, for me, probably. Well, actually, yeah, similar. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely taped off the TV one for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah did watch it today. Yeah, this is one I, I watched a lot. And again, taped off at TV. And I think Joe Dante had me hooked from a early age without even realised, before I even understood like big directs and stuff like that. Just with obviously Explorers, Gremlins, Gremlins, Gremlins. yeah. 
Yeah, just so I just love the the the, the feel of his sort of films. You, you sort of you, you get a warm fuzzy feeling from watching yeah. it. They're all they're all like comfort films that you can watch through and through and through. Yeah, I I, I put Gremlins literally on last night. Obviously, like it's that time of year. Yep. And um, I'm still amazed at the 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 month that it actually released. But um, <laughs> yeah, it really is because <laughs> yeah, it just I don't understand. Makes no stupid. sense with how sense. heavily the the theme is around, set around Christmas. Honestly, it's crazy. Right. So, but yeah, it's I, I'm a, I, doing the podcast. I've never. I mean, obviously, I know Joe, uh, Joe Dante as I've got older. But how much he was part of my childhood. Yeah. It's, it's it's incredible. And knowing where he comes from with the themes involved in his movies, um, uh, you know, as regards to like all the nostalgia of stuff that he loved from like uh, anything from uh, Looney Tunes to 50s and 60s yeah, B movies. Movie, yeah. You know, uh, the influences are, are, are throughout his movies. And uh, we'll obviously get into uh, so many uh, with the inner space, but yeah, I, I can't believe like um, just uh, yeah as a director, just how much of an influence he was, and it, it just seems to be one of those directors that just I don't know, just seems to like hover around, like you know, don't get mentioned enough. Now, um, as a cult director, I mean, uh, w- or, or unless you're within kind of uh, that s- uh, kind of background and but it does like, seem a respect bit, for him as a bit underappreciated, doesn't it? I yeah, think, totally. Cause... Yeah. Again, it was. I just remember it like Martin Short was uh, again the driving force of this movie. Uh, looking like what rewatching it for this uh, podcast and stuff because it's been a while. But yeah, the the respect for the for the effects. The stories you hear behind the scenes and stuff, you know, uh, for how things come together. It was, yeah, it, it's it's an incredible little movie, and amazingly, really, it it flopped, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they did. were cocky as a studio. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was said that there's a few reasons I saw Joe Dante give, which is about like the, apparently there's this ride in Disney called Inner Space, and some people were confusing it with like. Is it a documentary about this ride or something? Like in the trailer, it didn't feel gave away a lot of what the film really was about and the comedy elements to it and stuff. And this, you know, Steven Spielberg presents and that, you know, it's obviously like the sci fi film. So he felt there's, you know, there's more factors involved and stuff. But yeah, it's um, deserved to do a lot better than it did, I thought. Totally. Obviously. Yeah. Like I say, as regards to the, the advertising of it, they, it, um, Joe Dante literally said, like it, it was, it had one of the best responses from a test audience that it, it ever had in any of his movies. Like, yeah. You know, so when the the, uh, the producers and the studio execs saw this response, they was like, "Hey, we got a such a hit here, guys!" <laughs> to the point where they're not even gonna advertise it. Well, I mean, how just, bad is that? They just sort of <laughs> withdrew funding for. Hey, we don't have to spend a dime on yeah, yeah. promoting this. Like, we haven't got to sell jack shit. Everyone loves it. Like, yeah, you know I mean, let's get yeah, it out right. there. It'll sell itself. Um, obviously not, because well, yeah, it's surprising, it, it though, doubled its money. And but which, it regards, it is a flop. Like, yeah, studios. I guess the for you know, Steven Spielberg presents Steven Spielberg. The two hour it, run time. Yeah, two oh, yeah. hour run time's going to put some people off as well at that yeah. time. Which yeah. was rare, very rare yeah. for yeah. comedies in itself. Yeah, but like you say, like Spielberg's behind it. Um, 
getting Joe Dante, who's had coming off of Gremlins, which was a big hit. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going for it. And again, brilliant test screenings. And yeah, it, um, it didn't do very well. Like, mm. like, what it should have done, let's say. For the effort to put it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there was a lot of effort for the effect. So, I guess uh, the three main leads were quite un- not as well known at that point. So you got Martin Short, he'd only done three Amigos, really, at that point. And then Dennis Quaid wasn't really very big at that point. And no. Meg Ryan had kind of done Top Gun, and that's it. I think yeah. that's maybe about it. So, yeah, uh, a big gamble all around, to be fair. Uh, with a cast, so, yeah, with no cast, big yeah. names. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. It's, it's not so, the, uh, no one big name draw, I guess, really. No. All right. So the, the the selling point really was just the story and the effects, uh, and hopefully the uh, the cast will you know just you know, do enough to drive it really as a movie. So, um, so yeah, uh, that's early memories. So I, I think really what we need to do is let's get started. <laughs> Right, Christopher, in a space, do you have a synopsis? I have a synopsis. Okay, so a test pilot is miniaturized in a secret experiment and accidentally injected into a hapless store clerk. Oh, I'm not going to see that shit. It's two hours <laughs> long. <laughs> what? Well, he only does that in two hours. <laughs> a freaking store clue. All right, all right, so he's just going to be based in a supermarket all day. All right. No, um, yeah, that, that, that don't really kind of show like. It don't, it's no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Does energy it? Yeah. Of a movie. Yeah. So uh, I, I do know that to, it's off IMDb, mm. um, and there are several that are just paragraphs full so <laughs> yeah. we just haven't got the time for it well they'd be more likely synopsis the script yeah. someone's dissertation of like uh, inner space for like some sort of university <laughs> movie studies <laughs> uh, yeah no, we're not getting to that no. right. um, we'll do our own version yeah <laughs> so that that's a brief synopsis anyway so, uh, so yeah, moving on to inner space. Then we um, have a 1987 release date uh, through Amblin and Warner Brothers. Uh, it also won an, uh, an Oscar for visual effects. But we looked into that briefly, didn't we? Like, so but when these when visual effects was a thing, like in the early days. There was literally three films, weren't there? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For a long time. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't really much competition, <laughs> was there, like back then? Um, I mean, the effects are amazing, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, well deserved. And it's well deserved, yeah. Yeah, and, and it is uh, definitely for that period. But yeah, uh, looking into like visual effects uh, for as Oscars, yeah, it was a long while before it got pre- It was getting into more like the CGI era when Cons- it got into five kind of candidates, didn't it? Yeah, and considering the actual effort that goes in, that went into making these movies in from... 50s up to yeah. 90s in the advent of CGI. It just seems crazy that it wasn't celebrated more. No. You'd have thought that, uh, yeah, there's probably small little independence awards that they all sit around and pat each other on back. But yeah, to, to not be recognised by the Academy is ridiculous because these effects 
they make these films. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. No, no, it's gobsmacking, really. Again, it's it's the same with like, how stuntmen aren't recognised yeah. <laughs> yeah. as a category in, in the Oscars. It's, you know, all these actors will literally say, like, I wouldn't really have a career if it worked for my stunt double. Yeah. Like, and these are the, the highest profile actors around. Yet they get no recognition. They have their own little award ceremony hidden away, like where nobody gets talked about or anything. You know, how is there not a stunt category? Like, yeah. It's just incredible. Ridiculous. Like, and and there's, there's a couple of sequences in this, like, uh, which are just like ridiculously choreographed. Uh, and, and you just think, like, as a stunt man, it's like, why the fuck do I bother? Like, <laughs> no no yeah. one even talks about it. Yeah, all they were saying. Risking my life. Yeah, exactly. Like, Martin Short, oh, I can't believe he's just pulled that off. It's like, no, it's not Martin Short. <laughs> it's me. I'm fucking stunt double. Like, show me some respect. <laughs> like, so, yeah, like, it does my head in without me. Like, seriously. Just with the visual effects as well, there was only one other um, film against it for that year. It was Predator in, in a space with oh two in the <laughs> Two. <laughs> Visual effects, yeah, for eighty-seven. Yeah, oh, that is ridiculous. So when yeah, did it get yeah. to three then? I don't know because it, it must it, have been it, a year. Cause it we was looked three for, for a long time, kids, didn't we? Um, yeah. It, so it must have literally must been, been like, a year later or yeah. something. That is insane. Uh, God, that there must have been something else. Ah, uh, jeez. So yes, um, and uh, I also find out that this is a rare widescreen VHS as well. So when it got released on VHS, it was a very rare edition that was actually released in widescreen. So uh, I found that quite cool, to be mm. fair. Like mm. 1987 widescreen technology, that would have been state-of-the-art. Yeah. You know I mean? Like seeing it. So, uh, so You'd have just been pissed off, though, when you... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, you, yeah, yeah. Point, I hated having a widescreen. Yeah, I, 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 I had Star Wars bought me for Christmas. I couldn't afford a widescreen. Wide and I'm, like, I'm watching it on a tiny little strip <laughs> of a square little box in my bedroom. Uh, yeah, half the fucking scenes cut out because it's too stretched. <laughs> For my shitty 4.3 inch screen or whatever. I think it was a ratio it, screen. I think it was about 94. <laughs> we we didn't cut everything off. <laughs> I think 94 were the first time we got a what? I think we got a 32 inch widescreen TV. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's royalty, 32 inch. Yeah. Like, 90s. Fucking hell, mate. Balling. Yeah. Well, no, I, my <laughs> uncle was a TV and washer repair man, so. Oh, is that what you yeah, call him? <laughs> told him it was broke. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look what I've got. Yeah, quickly. Uh, all right, all right, let me in, let me in. Because, right, like, you know, they're coming down the street. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, on to ratings. We've got IMDb have gave it a 6.8. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Critics love this. It's 82%. Audience, 65%. So this is already better scores than Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. But uh, it's a higher budget of 27 million dollars and the box office is a bit of a failure at 42 so they've not really even doubled the money that's mental uh, that's uh, again it's studios being cocky yeah we'll plaster spielberg over it we'll plaster amblin or fucking whatever and um but i they did find out oh, uh, the, there was uh, a bit of confusion with the poster art as well weren't mm. there because there was nothing related to the actors themselves. No. no. So the poster was literally a thumb 
and a, a little tiny spaceship. Well, on it was it, it was it? the thumb and forefinger in between yeah. the uh, and the, in between it both. You've got the little ship. Yeah, so yeah. It, it it don't give a lot away uh, uh, as regards to like really what it is as a movie. Yeah, that that must have confused people. To be fair, um, I also found out the only other film released on this weekend was. Adventures in Babysitting, which again is it's not like up against a blockbuster, yeah. but yeah, it's not, that's an absolute classic in itself. But yeah, yeah that's not really good, it shouldn't push it to be fair, like yeah. for numbers at a box office, as much as it is much love now. But uh, but yeah, that was the only film released on that weekend, so yeah, uh, uh, so we've obviously discussed the uh, director Joe Dante. Um, we also go into a bit more depth with him on our Explorers versus Flight and Navigator episode. Yeah. So also as regards to directors, because again, this was the confusion. There's, there was a lot of confusion behind the scenes uh, uh, as regards to story, themes, style, everything, weren't they? Directors that were linked uh, were Richard Donner, again, massive offensive off uh, lethal weapon and Goonies and, and such. Um, Spielberg himself was even looking at it, but they did actually have John Carpenter uh, attached at one right. point. And I can see it in a way. I'd love to have seen his vision on it because, as much as people obviously relate to him as horror, as regards to Christine and Halloween and all that, but some of his other films that he, um, he obviously started out with uh, Dark Star, mm. uh, that was his first ever movie. Uh, and, and he's done some a lot of sci-fi related, obviously the thing, uh, Starman as well. So he ha- does have a bit of a sci-fi but, background and sci-fi comedy with Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, completely. Very similar film to that. So yeah, yeah I can see yeah. Him pulling it off in a lot of ways, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't talk about it. even as a Chevy Chase movie. It's almost like because Chase is almost. Quite a straight role. Yeah, no I one wants that. to that really acknowledge my, it. <laughs> this was right up there with one of my films of my childhood. Me as well, I think. Actually, yeah, it's, um, I used to watch that so much. It's I loved uh, it. underappreciated. It another one of those hidden, hidden little gems that, like I said, probably hammered it to bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant film. But yeah, it's been a good few years since I've been back and watched that. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be surprised that's a John Carpenter film. Like, yeah, I don't so. think I'd have it. I, recognize that just no. remembered it as being a chevy chase film but for however little is in it but <laughs> exactly yeah i mean it does have little glimpses of yeah. his kind of physical comedy yeah but, no they've, it's but, done brilliantly it really yeah. is yeah very clever uh, yeah good shot there christopher i completely forgot about that so yeah so john carpenter yeah he don't get mentioned and obviously moving later on as well we did like ghost of mars and stuff so he does love his sci-fi so uh yeah i'd love to have seen it um where he'd gone uh, as regards to uh, Into Space. So Chip Prosner wrote the story and it was, yeah, it was the first to admit it, it was a blatant rip-off, wasn't it, mm. to the... Um, Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic Voyage. And looking into it and uh, from obviously hearing commentary on DVDs and stuff, yeah, there, there's a lot of kind of nods to that and, and, and the 50s movies as, uh, as well. When he wrote it, it was basically just a, a serious science fiction movie, weren't it? Mm. You know, along that line. Right. So he couldn't really sell it for that. So Warner Brothers kind of they saw the potential, and then there was like, oh, okay, like, I'm not happy with the script. So 
at this moment, so uh, the writer, Jeffrey Bohm, he was working for Warner Brothers and, and I mean, his back catalogue of, of movies was just like, I, I, I mean, he, he was uncredited uh, for rewrites on Lethal Weapon, which was very surprising because Shane Black is famous for that, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. But uh, Jeffrey Bohm apparently had a knack of finding comedic lines because, again, Lethal Weapon was a very serious action movie with serious themes and he mm. was like well yeah come on all right let's just add a bit bit of lightheartedness to it yeah lighten it up a bit <laughs> so he was he had a knack of, of writing these scenes so yeah so he had gone from that he also did lost boys which i was surprised about as well as a chevy chase movie funny farm which mm. i've what i haven't watched for a long time to be fair last crusade he also wrote the script for lethal weapon 2 and um he produced the phantom with Billy Zane. So, yeah, they brought him in to rewrite it and make it more in a comedy element, didn't they? The way they sold it was, let's see that you inject Dean Martin into Jerry Lewis's body. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the selling point. Yeah, yeah. And, and that alone got Steven Spielberg then interested, where he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see where you're going with this. Yeah, I like that. And then that's when he also then brought then like, approached Joe Dante to relook at this new script. So Joe Dante was kind of like, right, yeah, all right, this is interesting me now. I, I want to get involved. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so John Carpenter was involved for a little while, didn't tech to it, and then that's when it all kind of then came getting a rehash and rehash, yeah, different style altogether. So going from a kind of like a serious sci-fi. Adventure, adventure. It sort of planned to be a bit of an espionage film, which they've still kept elements of in, hadn't they? But it was like, yeah, almost a bit, a bit like James a Bond-like. So a, a race to to, to get, get this, this technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you can definitely see like certain bits to it, can't you? So that's where the like came from. So yeah, the, the obviously getting Amblin behind it as well, like Spielberg's production company. Um, things really got got going with that so we also got music from uh, jerry goldsmith uh, a heavyweight in himself and then we've uh, got uh, special effects from bill george who has just got a ridiculous catalog of movies behind him so he was part of ilm uh, industrial light and Ma- magic, magic yeah so star wars star trek harry potter i mean this guy was just like you know He's just royalty when it comes to practical effects and special effects in general. Everything started going, so then it came to then cast. We've got, so the three main big hitters, to be fair, so I'll concentrate on them. So first off, we've got Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton, which is Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I was watching his performance, and I kind of... As I was seeing it, like in certain, I, I, I could see him playing Jack Burton from uh, Big Trouble in China. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know his energy in this role and stuff, uh, and the how he speaks. I, I don't know. There was just something about him where I could be like, you know, like, I know Kurt Russell was just like a, a legend in that role. But if there was any anybody else to play that role, mm. de- like eighties Dennis Quaid. Definitely had that about him. Like, yeah, yeah. He he was just perfect for this role, weren't he? To be fair, it's a, it, it does surprise me that he, he never 
you watching that, you'd, you'd have expected him to have gone stratospheric because he's quite charismatic. You think he's, um, yeah, he could lead, he could play the lead in, in any sort yeah, of he's got like film. And it, Harrison Ford type. Energy, yeah, and it well. just... He could, have, am- he could have been Indiana Jones for me as well. just amazes me that he, he never reached real massive heady heights because even I got even essence of like where we've seen Tom, what we've seen Tom Cruise become just with the flash of a smile and stuff like that I've got yeah. indicators of that so it just uh, it does amaze me that yeah um, yeah it didn't become it didn't end up being like a massive movie star in early 90s and stuff that we didn't get onto some really big projects but yeah uh, I mean I, I think he, he did have a few demons later on but like yeah definitely like 80s early 90s Quaid like yeah that grin is just so distinct it's like Steve Martin-esque isn't yeah. it it's mm. just this huge smile isn't it like so um, so yeah going on to so before he took this role um, he'd, he had done quite a few kind of cult classics in, in their own right so he did Jaws 3D <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which also had Leah Thompson in, yeah. and apparently yeah. they did have like a brief relationship. Together, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people forget about that as a Leah Thompson movie as well. To be fair, like <laughs> I think a lot of people forget about that <laughs> as a movie. <laughs> yeah, folks seem to like to jump on the fourth, of, but it's like oh, don't forget three was shit as well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Dennis Quaid was in that. And yeah, yeah, what well, puts in a decent performance, like, if I remember as well. Like, yeah. Um, also, very underrated. Like we we discussed this once before, didn't we? Like uh, briefly, uh, Dreamscape. Dreamscape. Yeah, I think that's a potential future episode. We could put that up against something because it is one that we like. We watched it at a similar time, don't like. Well, uh, not even that long ago. No, maybe, but what, a year or two. Yeah, a year and a half, yeah, two yeah, years. I think half even. Yeah, well, I know with what, it, but yeah, very under the radar, it. but for its time, yeah, it's clever ideas and yeah, it's quite well done really so uh, yeah also he was in Enemy Mine with Louis Gossett Jr oh yeah of course like, yeah it was just literally them two for the majority of the movie uh, we talked about that for the uh, Toy Soldiers episode didn't yeah. we yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first on screen um, <laughs> male pregnancy, pregnancy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, it goes down in movie history for Louis Gossett Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and also The Big Easy with uh, Ellen Barkin, uh, which gave him like kind of like a lot of uh, credibility, to be fair, because it's quite a nice little uh, kind of like noir thriller. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, it'd been around in the 80s up to this point, but again, it, it weren't really a bankable star either. Yeah. Uh, but after this, he went on to, uh, I mean, we know his career as it is today, but uh, he went on to do Great Balls of Fire, the Jerry Lee Lewis biography. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt Earp mm. as well, which um, gave him some shit, didn't it? Like, I don't know if you read it. Like, so, yeah, he really uh, struggled with uh, weight loss uh, problems. He actually struggled with anorexia because he was losing weight for the role God. of Doc Holiday. And he had to uh, go into treatment, uh, yeah, for anorexia. No way. Yeah, after to get that. into that role. Uh, I know that's a big. Uh, that was Tombstone, isn't it? Like uh, you, you like. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. You like, like Tombstone. I like <laughs> Tombstone. <laughs> I like Val Kilmer in Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, who also played Doc Holliday? Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Right. He plays that character. That's his character. Is yeah. It? 
because I've, ne- I've mentioned that you like Val Kilmer in Tombstone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you get that, everybody? <laughs> you mentioned it a couple of times. Just a couple of times. <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you passionate about a film role before. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I look back, I thought, why? Well, I, I think I sold it a bit too much there. But it's a great film. Uh, <laughs> Dave loves Tombstone. There you go. Um, I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, and we all know what where he's at. Uh, to be, he's making films to this day. Um, yeah, he's had his issue. So I, I'm quite surprised actually. So there's a cool fact here. So he was actually married to PJ Souls. So basically, she's the girl in Halloween who who basically comes out with the boob shot, right? and uh, her boyfriend's got the glasses. Who basically talks about like undressing uh, an adolescent child oh, right. and she's okay. also in Carrie as well right she's like so totally like totally like she says totally a lot right? <laughs> so he was married to her for a while like PJ Souls wow. uh, yeah so uh, that was quite cool they got divorced in 1983 so during that Halloween period Dennis Quaid was married to her so oh, uh, yeah. yeah that was quite cool it don't seem to be a guy that likes to be on his own either so not long after he divorced PJ Souls he then got engaged to Leah Thompson while obviously meeting on Jaws 3 so obviously this was made in 87 so <laughs> I don't that didn't last too long to till he was then on set with, with inner space. Meg Ryan. <laughs> they obviously hooked I mean, let's be honest, Meg Ryan's amazing yeah. in this. Oh she oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, rewatching it now, it's just like wow. So yeah, I can see you how he like jumped at the chance of uh, obviously getting it onto her. He's also a uh, musician I was going to say magician then (laughs) no he's not he's a musician (laughs) as well and he's been touring just recently actually follow him on socials and uh, he's he's come to the UK with his band and they're called the Sharks so yeah it it seems to be a a thing with that yeah a little nod to his jaws uh, background (laughs) I reckon Yeah, but like, you know, like these kind of 80s actors or wherever just seem to like there's shitloads that just pop up with these like random bands, yeah. That go it's an art about. form, isn't it? It's another expression. Way you, yeah, and I suppose look. if you've got you've got a bit of money and you've you've time and you might sit yeah. around on set, play guitar and stuff. Already and got a fan base. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's yeah, a lot. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, just Keanu Reeves. He's just joined up with Dog Star. I want to say Dog Star is his band. Uh, I think that. Yeah, I just think it's Dog Star. Is that not? Fight, fight star is busted. Yeah, oh yeah, it is Dog Star. And Dog Star's Keanu yeah. Reeves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've just come back together to release some new music. If anyone gives a shit, I, yeah. I, I couldn't give a fuck about his band, to be fair. Johnny Depp, obviously, has been touring again lately, and he, with the such and such vampires, is it? Like Alice Cooper and the guitarist of. Aerosmith, I want to say. They're that, actually that doing, one passed me by. The tour <laughs> you know, in the UK is done Scarborough Open Theatre. They like literally Johnny only, Depp in Scarborough. They literally only got to. They were obviously sat shooting heroin and said, "Hey, let's jam." And then 
did, yeah. yeah, and then they took it, and, and people are paying to go and see him. Well, I would. That's amazing. Yeah, that's Johnny, Johnny Depp's in Scarborough playing guitar. I'll pay for that. I don't give a shit. I've, I've seen Wasn't Johnny Depp um, in real life. Sorry. He played guitar on Be Here Now album as well, didn't he? Uh, Oasis album. Yes, he did, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously, he's been around a while yeah. with, with his music, but... And, and, and no one really gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, literally, no one cares about him as a musician. Right. Keith Sutherland is another one's doing yeah, the rounds. Yeah, yeah Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto is probably the most high-profile. Right? I mean, he's done some ridiculous stuff with his band. That's I've seen him men- twice as that's well. Mental to, to think as well that you forget that he's it, it, literally like navigated through two music and thing, and you could think of him completely as separate entities, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Young Chris Penn from Shrunk the Kids is obviously packed up to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> He's currently supporting um, what's whoever will hire him on, yeah. a, on a still, still t- uh, troop tour, isn't it? Yeah. Currently supporting a uh, play backing track. <laughs> Yeah, like just a, list a is endless. Show. <laughs> oh god, I love it. So yeah, it's just a thing with eighties actors and just... I bet they ain't done out at Scarborough fucking theatre. <laughs> no. You'd be looking for the fucking Scarborough workmen's fucking welfare, I think. Or fucking promenade <laughs> up front, the bandstand. Yeah, uh yeah, you you've made it big if you do open air theatre at fucking Scarborough, I tell you now. Yeah, uh, Johnny Depp knows. So yeah, uh, Dennis Quaid is still with his band, of Shocks. I saw he was signing fucking CDs at somewhere, and where you could meet and greet him as well. <laughs> fucking, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Fuck, I, I'd be taking me in a space DVD. It's like screw your music. Like, I give a shit about your music. Like you're a legend, pal. Like. We're still flashing the smile. Yeah, who are good? Yeah, good. at least he's smiling. Yeah, it's yeah. They've obviously got another passion. You've got to keep them busy, haven't they? So, uh, obviously, then, moving on to Jack, and that is Martin Short, who literally drives this movie, don't he? Like enough said. So, he's a Canadian comedian, started out in SCTV, which mm. I, I can only assume is the Canadian equivalent to SNL. Yeah, I, oh. I just thought so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've, yeah, don't, I'm don't know what it is really i've not seen it or no anything. no well uh, looking up obviously for rick moranis he was involved in that as well and he's canadian so i'd be interested to see if there's also other canadian comedians um so name some more dave comedian john candy is oh, canadian? i thought yeah i thought i'd still be out there oh, yeah <laughs> jim carrey uh, yeah i don't uh, it'd be interesting if he were on there at some point um michael myers <laughs> <laughs> what <the> serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Halloween is yeah. just like you know, every so many years. He's got to still got to pay his bills, hasn't he? I thought I'd give Mike his, his proper name. <laughs> Mike, a, it can't be Sunday named, can he, Mike Myers? <laughs> I know. No, we can't. He really <laughs> can't. Is that? It? It's like, hey, Michael. It's like, no, it's Mike. It's fucking Mike Myers, not Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, that's another guy. God damn it, John Carpenter. <laughs> Yeah, so it's literally just like Keith Lemon just ruining Craig Davis, isn't it? Like, or or, or so Lee Francis, should I say? Never be able to look at the uh, the public in the same way again. Um, or Matt Damon with uh, Team America. <laughs> yeah, fucking. How much shit he got for that? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like, to be fair, he took it on chin, didn't he? But um, 
Yeah, uh, Craig David, I don't think has. No, he didn't. <laughs> that ruined. He had to move to America, didn't he? Just to rebuild his career for that. Right. So anyway, Martin Short. Uh, so he did SNL um, literally for a year, but he hated the people behind the scenes. Right. Like, and I can imagine like it, it's it's quite tense. So he obviously he auditioned uh, to try and get on, and. He was there for one year, so 84-85 season was Martin Short's year. And he says it was just horrendous. Like They were literally like forcing people into just, you know, right, we need sketches. Like, you know, it's, it, we're shooting this weekend. Like, you need to get... It was just the pressure of getting shit done. For like, you know, he says it was just awful. Uh, people behind the scenes, it was just a horrible experience. So it couldn't wait to get out of that. Uh, and luckily, he got into the Three Migos, which was the year before Inner Space. That's quite, nice. a tri- that's quite a triumphant um, promotion, that, isn't it, really, yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. But to us, but at the same time, that flopped, didn't it? Yeah. That <laughs> weren't a big hit, no. unfortunately. So after Inner Space, he then went on to do Three Fugitives, which is, I know, my wife's favourite. And it's like, again, a bit of a cult classic. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Father of the Bride uh, as well. Uh, one of that strange freaking wedding planner. Role. Yeah, he has the over-the-top accent in it, doesn't he? He's the, he's the wedding planner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. Um, uh, to be fair, like this is where I started kind of facing away from Martin <laughs> Short. Like, you know, free fugitives, and that's pretty much it with him, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, Jack Frost. Uh, he Sorry, he played Jack Frost in Santa Claus 3 as well, uh, Tim Allen. Um, but it, to be fair, he's still got a hell of a career. Like So it kind of got a rejuvenation as well on Disney Plus with Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin, which is getting mega acclaimed. Yeah, so it's... Not watched it yet, though. No, no, me neither. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, again, I, I've got a certain period for Steve Martin as well. And, yeah, he's not been... Really yeah, you worry whether, yeah, you worry whether the humour's going to hit, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, a few brief facts about Martin Short. So, he, with Steve Martin and Tom Hanks, have colonoscopy parties where they all go around one another's houses. They drink, they take laxatives, they then play poker... And um, basically, like, just like have shits and, and, and just like go through the system before they go for colonoscopy, and then straight after they all go for a meal like, together. So oh. that's quite cool, isn't it? That's very, that's very <laughs> relaxed with one another. New so. meaning, uh, new definition of for shits and giggles, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, enough respect to them, like, yeah. All sorts of noises coming out of their point, uh, apartment. <laughs> it so. stinks as well. I hope they rent somewhere. Uh, yeah. They don't <laughs> accidents. They just go around to one of their asses. Can you imagine? Like, going in, uh, it's like, fuck's sake, Tom. <laughs> like, at least fucking scrub. Like, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, very comfortable with each other. Fuck's sake. I mean, I knew that, that uh, he and Steve Martin close, but fucking Tom Hanks. Oh, that's just random, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, they're having shits together. So, <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, like, uh, it is is actually been like classed as one of the nicest guys as well in real life. Like, yeah, he, he can't do enough for people, fans, and stuff. 
Um, and and he's also he's had it pretty tough as well. So um, reading into like his backstory, so from from twelve, he, he actually lost his older brother in a car accident, uh, and then by the time he was twenty, he'd lost both his parents as well. Good, yeah. And and then he also lost his wife in twenty ten, uh, and uh, that was you know literally like you know, love of his life. But he's embraced all that and and still says like you know I speak to her every day and all this kind of thing. So he's had you know he's, he's had it pretty tough leading up to like going through his career and stuff. So to to still come out the way he is, it's like you know enough respect to the guy. Yeah. So uh, couldn't really to be fair, he's, he's quite a secretive guy. Couldn't really find loads of juicy stuff about him. No. So like that colonoscopy story is pretty much <laughs> as good as <laughs> it gets. That's shit. the most rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to really hear about, I don't know, he, he likes to wear stripy socks or something like you know, but, um and prefers Pepsi to Coca Cola or something <laughs> like. But that's about it. So yeah. Uh, moving on, we've got Lydia. Who's Meg Ryan, obviously. Um, and looking into her back catalogue, I, I didn't even realise that she was in one of the Amityville horror sequels, Amityville 3. Right. So I'm going to have to re-watch that because, I, to be fair, the sequels are a bit shit. But yeah, to see Meg Ryan in it, that'd be quite interesting. And also Top Gun, uh, before she then got this role, they were the, the two most noticeable movies. Afterwards, we haven't really got to talk about her afterwards because we all know who the freaking hell Meg Ryan is. So we've got four facts about Meg Ryan. Number one, there's an asteroid that is named after her. It's 8353 Meg Ryan. Wow. She has an actual asteroid named after her. Number two was actually in a relationship with Goose himself before Dennis Quaid. She had a really? brief relationship <laughs> with Before Anthony. Dennis Quaid got with Goose. She <laughs> 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 got in there first. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, she was in a relationship with Anthony Edwards uh, after meeting on Top Gun set. So that's quite cool. Uh, I still can't see it myself. No, uh, it, do, do you know what? That, that gives... <laughs> Yeah, everyday guys feel like they've got a chance <laughs> yeah. to do it. <laughs> well, Tom Green is still literally like going off that into from yeah. his marriage to Drew Barrymore. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck? <laughs> uh, you know, um, and uh, well, I suppose you can also look at uh, Edward Norton and Salma Hayek, who were actually together for a fucking yeah. long time. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, still in there for the nerds and geeks and, and what have you. Um, she is a size eleven foot. Shut up! Uh, this is this is absolute gospel. Uh, this is on. I'm not saying where, but it's somewhere <laughs> found on internet. Who? <laughs> oh, the it's probably the guy who sells the freaking shoes, like from the <laughs> shop. Like you know, she's a size eleven for a woman. Uh, I don't even know. Is that that's got to be US size? Yeah, but that's only one size no, up, so that'd be ten for us. Yeah, that's that's fucking big. Like. <laughs> that's huge. And then, and then I know what they say about big feet for blokes, but what they say for women? Uh, I mean, what, what's that? Uh, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Big. Hat. How tall is she? Uh, at she's least that four tall, foot she's seven. Not, she's not any. She's not a looming giant, no. is she? So <laughs> very, st- very steady <laughs> on her feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah. There's no pushing her over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she'll just come straight back up. And as always, like, you know, she was rumoured with some massive roles. So these are some of the rumoured roles that she turned down. So obviously Julie Roberts' role in Pretty Woman, that was mm-hmm. another one. Um, Rain Man, which obviously uh, I was talking to you uh, yeah. Yeah, before recording about it. So there's an interview where she's actually on a, a US daytime TV show with Martin Short, and the interviewer accidentally mentions her getting cast in Rain Man, uh, and she kind of stutters a bit, and she's a bit like, "Oh well, that's not actually well, I'm not start filming it yet or whatever." Uh, and and obviously she's not in Rain Man, so. I don't really know what's happened from that point on. Like, but she was obviously doing press for Inner Space in '87. Rain Man was '88, hmm. so it's like the year later. So yeah, so it's all, gone wrong yeah, somewhere. filming had been probably Maybe. on the cusp of getting started, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that, yeah, I don't know what happened there. So that uh, American Daytime birds probably fucked it up big time for <laughs> her, like yeah, releasing that fact. So also Demi Moore's role in Ghost, she was rumored. Pulp Fiction, Uma Thurman's role in Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. But no. There's no one that can do that role no. in my eyes now. And an even bigger surprise was Khalees Starling from Silence of the Lambs instead of <laughs> Jodie Foster. Yeah, oh. you, can't, you can't really imagine that. That is an iconic mm. role, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like we spoke about Dennis Quaid possibly doing Jack Burton, like you know, like but these roles, literally, I can't see anyone else doing. Not after, that. not on the back of Sleepless in Seattle, and uh, no, <laughs> you've got Mayo, and yeah. where she literally plays like the same character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she, that's the thing. She, she don't have a lot of range, does she? Like you know, she not that we've seen, not in a lot, not in the majority of roles we've seen. I don't mean yeah. that as a slight to it, because she probably because I mean. You, you you remember watching the stuff that you're watching because she's I mean yeah. she she's stunningly beautiful but then also she she plays those character whether she's been typecast into certain characters because she plays those characters well but yeah she's got like good comic timing as well I think, yeah as, with yeah as, as well as that like with romantic comedies and stuff but yeah can't see her in the uh, those gritty kind of dramatic roles which yeah. maybe like I said just because she's not been cast in them yeah we're not seeing her but no. yeah 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 so hard to imagine at the moment definitely not no like i say yeah she was definitely made for comedy so right so before we move on to the movie we have some friends have a listen attention all thrill seekers and brave souls brace yourselves for a journey into the darkest corners of your imagination with neural nightmares the podcast that will send shivers down your spine and make your heart race. Immerse yourself in bone-chilling tales that transport you into the very heart of terror. For the full-spine, tingling experience, put on your headphones. If you dare, feel the whispers in your ear, the footsteps behind you, and the breath on the back of your neck. Neural Nightmares is not for the faint of heart, but for those who crave the adrenaline rush of fear. Neural nightmares, because sometimes the scariest place is the one inside your own mind. Available now, only on Spotify. Listen, if you dare, oh, and have a good night. 
Right, so in a space, we start with credits that look very similar to Poltergeist. Did anyone else pick that up? Or is that just uh, me from... Not watching it, no, didn't jump out to me as that, no. Yeah, definitely Poltergeist, because Spielberg was, getting, uh, was behind it, so... And uh, it was a bit psychedelic as well, wasn't yeah, it? it? Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, like almost like you were in another world, weren't it? With yeah, the, the sort of crystals and like, don't give you too much away. Don't give too much away to what you're about to watch, does it? Yeah, I saw Joe Dante say that he'd wanted they wanted to come up with this idea of the credits being, you know, like a zoomed in thing because it was gonna it was quite character building of the characters for the first like ten, uh, you know, twenty minutes, half an hour. So they wanted to like have this zoomed in where you don't know what. You, you're going to be looking at and then it pans out so but yeah it was brilliantly done wasn't it like yeah didn't really know what it was going to end up being I, I was i was thinking it was going to like kind of pan out and to be like some sort of diamond or crystal or something so uh, it ended up being ice uh, mm. because yeah, yeah it uh, pans out it's ice in a glass and there's um whiskey of some sort bourbon whatever they call it getting poured into it so yeah it was quite quite a cool shot yeah, uh, we are at a dinner for the Test Pilots of America. Uh, again, I'd love to know if this is an actual thing. Yeah, really prestigious <laughs> awards yeah. for, where they all get together. Yeah, there's a lot of people there, mm. isn't there? They made a real big deal out of this. Yeah. Right. And then uh, we hear a bit of commotion coming from the kitchen. There's obviously like some... Some guy who's just talking over at microphone about, you know, like, you know, blah, blah, blah to do with America or wherever. Um, there's a lot of people with medals and, you know, they're all smartly dressed and it's it's a, it's a big occasion. So uh, then there's a bit of commotion coming from the kitchen. Then we get Lieutenant Tuck coming out. Um, very drunk. Yeah, it's yeah. quite the entrance in it for our, <laughs> yeah, our main man. I love it when he says that. Well, if we're not balls to the wall with all American heroes in here tonight, yeah. <laughs> we got spacewalkers, we got like moonwalkers. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got the cream of the crop, haven't we? Like, yeah. Know, and there's like, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's well suited. Like, you know, he's got like a bow tie again. He's got a few medals and all this. Uh, he is drunk as a skunk coming out at kitchen. And yeah, getting very sarcastic towards the audience, if you like. Uh, we also see a little glimpse of Meg Ryan, so she's actually there. So it's not quite sure if she's there because of him or if she's there because she's a reporter. It's not quite clear what happens with, with her as such. But uh, did you see the cameo of the person who she's interviewing at that point? Is um, Jeff? Boom, he's the writer. Yeah. Yeah, he, he'd got a little cameo. There's loads of little cameos throughout it. Yeah, and he, he didn't really have much of a speaking part or any kind of lines, I don't think. But he that's that's who it was, who yeah. you first see it here with. Oh, so the writer of the film, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, to be fair, he, he does his best, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's great at nodding and, yeah, and, and, and just like looking concerned towards things. Plus, a slight distraction for Meg Ryan <laughs> while she's keeping one eye on... <laughs> Dennis Quaid as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, he gives a, a bit of a speech then, don't he, like to the group, um, like, like you just said, like, yeah, but there's there's hints of a bit of jealousy and a bit of sarcasm there, so it's it's almost like his career's not gone the way it should have gone. Yeah, like, you're getting yeah. an inkling that he might be a bit washed up, 
yeah. maybe mm. only invited out of sympathy <laughs> or <laughs> just as a or he might next serviceman required or he might gate crashed. Yeah, that's it. it could that could have been him coming in through, <laughs> through the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't know. Turned but. up with staff, got changed, <laughs> put back yeah. entrance. It turned up in waiter yeah. outfit. And then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, hints of a uh, bit of LaRusso there, like, for Christ. <laughs> it was a little bit, wasn't it? Through them, like, like yeah. wafting doors. Um, but uh, it, when it when he come through, though, and obviously sort of test pilot thing, it, it reminded me a bit of the new uh, Maverick Top Gun. Because, mm. like, again, like, Maverick, you know, has obviously not gone on to the heights that he should have gone. And, and, you know, he's a little bit maybe washed up, if you like, career-wise and... Yeah, you can see maybe Dennis Quaid's, you know, Tuck's gone a little bit like this. and That's probably where I get... bitter with all, anti. I think that's where I get my strong Tom Cruise vibes then, yeah, probably from Maverick and, and yeah. that correlation there, because it is, it, it, that would be, <laughs> that would be like a flash forward to how you'd expect Tom Cruise, Maverick's character to be <laughs> yeah, in that sort is. of situation. Yeah, because yeah. you get someone saying, yeah. that guy could have been the best. <laughs> 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 you don't talk bad about that guy. Lieutenant Tucky was, uh, he had a world in his head. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean they, they could have took that. I mean, this was the year after Top Gun, so yeah. we could have seen that maybe, uh, yeah, who knows, like, you know, no one's ever mentioned it, but uh, yeah, but like, I'd like to think that maybe, like, who knows. So, uh, yeah, while he's uh, giving this bit of a sarcastic speech to uh, you know all his friends and comrades, um, he falls into a table with some uh, quite pleasant models. Yeah, he literally you know. flattens everything, doesn't he? Some <laughs> some poor kids spent hours building these little toy plate model planes up. Yeah, yeah it's amazing how, how everyone stops to listen listen to him. Um, when, like, realistically, you'd be like, oh, oh shut the fuck up, you twat, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, to, like, every every eye is on this guy. And then he punctuates his point by <laughs> slamming backwards into this great table. <laughs> Smashes all this, like, kid's homework, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, all these chuffing models that he's glued together the night before. So, yeah, Lydia is watching in, so that's Meg Ryan, uh, and she's looking quite embarrassed, to be fair. Uh, then the pilot group, so this is the guys that he's literally just... Like, Said they were cream of the crop, didn't he? With yeah, giving a bit of shit. They then grab him and then take him into the kitchen and basically start giving him a bit of a kicking. But, yeah. Like, yeah, fair play to him. See, that is wrecked and he's on whiskey. Yeah, he takes uh, a few really? out, doesn't he? Yeah. Doesn't he? Enough respect to the guy. Yeah, he uses what's around him, like he uses surroundings and that. A few pots and pans in there, and <laughs> uh, yeah, he holds his own. Like you know, to say that there's at least five, six of them, isn't there? It kind of then cuts to Lydia, and uh, she then comes into the kitchen, and they basically they've had enough. They've done what they need to do. <laughs> they all piss off and just like yeah, that, that'll show you to art, like you know. And um, she's just like, come on, let's take your own kind of thing. And he's got a few scuffs and a few black eyes here and there. And yeah, yeah a bit worse for wear. So we then cut to his apartment. And uh, it's a bit of a shithole, I've yeah. to say. <laughs> it's, it's a shithole with a sprinkling everywhere of Bugs Bunny. Like, <laughs> everywhere you look, pretty much. Like, I've got yeah. a teddy here and like, rabbits here. And, yeah. like, at first I was like, what's all this Bugs Bunny? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. It's Joe Dante, so yeah. um, that's the uh, the references. He loves his Looney Tunes, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah, couldn't help but get them get them in there. 
Yeah. It's also wick condition of apartment. The driving home, the fact that is is clearly washed up as yeah. a, as a human a being. Mess. He's not in the best space, is he? No. So yeah. yeah. And again, it, 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 this is the kind of like you, you you know that there's a connection between the two. So uh, again, coming from like earlier, where it's like you know, surely they've not come together. She's obviously come maybe as a reporter. Uh, and then he's just there. They've got history. You can tell that like, yeah. there's the connection there. She's like, they're, they're discussing various things uh, and she's looking around his apartment. So he lives alone and there's just literally posters and pictures of like aircraft. Hmm. There's robotic arms, just just like in a ro- like a, a robotic kind of rabbit. Uh, kind mm. of, at first I thought it was real, but then it don't move throughout the whole scene. It's like taxidermy. It's like stuffed rabbit he's got as well, isn't it? He's got a stuffed rabbit. It's got everything <clears> to do with rabbits. And, yeah. and then she, that's when she says, you know, what's what's with all the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough question. What's, <laughs> yeah, what's exactly. with all the rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> and, and in all face, even though what... The relevance, I suppose, is there is no justification no, for that amount of rabbits. <laughs> Stuff rabbits, like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a bit overkill. Yeah. <laughs> just get a book on rabbits. Yeah. The, the it's, anatomy. It's, it's quite cryptic, isn't it, with his answer? Because she's like, uh, you know, what, what's all this? Because like, it, it's not like he's like, it's the top secret. He's not hiding very well. No. Like, no. Like, <laughs> no. fucking shit and blueprints everywhere. Like, for, so, and she's like, yeah, so what's, what's crap with all this? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I can't really talk about it. You know, it's classified. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, the, but again, he's it, it, got feelings for it, like for whatever reason. Like they've obviously got history, and uh, he's he's really trying his hardest. And she's kind of like, right, I've had enough. Come on, like I'm going. Like, and then that's where he plays uh, a bit of Sam Cooke, a mm. bit of Cupid. Yeah, uh, and this song is quality in it. Yeah, yeah. any I, Sam Cooke for me, yeah, brilliant. So I, again, I, I, I'm not, I don't know, I know his songs. Obviously, I've heard of this, but I didn't realise what songs I knew of, of his. Like, so yeah, it's it, this really suits this movie, this song, don't it? It's quality. Yeah. So yeah, he play, he plays this, he puts record on, and she's like, oh come on, like, you know what you playing this for? Like, you know what it does to me? And, he, and he's he's putting all his charms out, and he's got his Flashing his best smiles. <laughs> yeah, he's got his Joker grin going off, anti like yep. you know. So and uh, yeah, before you know, they they start smooching, don't they? Yeah. So then it then cuts to the next morning. So yeah, uh, it worked. Whatever he was doing, and we are met with. Dick Miller. Yes. Apparently, there's only been one movie that he's never appeared in with Joe Dante, mm. and and that what he was in it, but then he was actually cut. So Dick Miller had uh, what was it three days filming yeah. in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. Just got an holiday. Yeah. Got his mate in that. Guys, yeah. Is this again? Like Joe Dante, he's got his faves. Dick Miller. Is is one of them, and uh, yeah, he came, did his three days in San Fran for this tiny little role as a taxi driver. All right, so he is uh, a cab driver, and we'll get Lydia. Um, she's not happy because he's he's pipping the horn. Yeah, he's like making a <laughs> lot of emotion. She's tried to sneak off, and yeah, she says, I specifically asked, <laughs> no pipping of the horn. <laughs> but no, yeah, he's so, making a big racket. Yeah, so like Dick Miller's being Dick Miller. Uh, so she's kind of like, come on, right, come on, let's get in. Like, we need to get out of here. So then, obviously, Tuck, he's running out. 
And uh, I always thought it was a towel, but looking at the material close up, it's not. It's a, it's a bed sheet, isn't it? It looks like a sheet. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's quite, quite a small yeah. sheet. But it is small, but <laughs> it's a pillowcase. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, some wild uh, night there, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Shrinking the bed sheets as well as like the uh, spaceship. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not towel material, but are we, it's, are it's we not big enough for a bed sheet. Are we hundred percent sure it's not just like rabbit skin? Quite possible. Yeah, yeah, they've had a hell of a night in that bedroom. Like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I looked at it. I, I don't know if you can tell on the VHS, but in DVD quality, it's very thin material. It's not a towel. Uh, and he's he's rushing out, and he's kind of like, "Come on, come on we've got this connection here. Yeah, where are you going? We need to make things work again." Uh, and she's having none of it. She she realizes now this was a big mistake, you know, and she drives off. And again, you hear a bit of Sam Cooke just like playing in the background, and uh, yeah, it fits well into the scene. Oh, mm. Gratuitous ass <laughs> shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I tell like, you what. Ah, yeah, arms out into the sky. Yeah. It is, I bet he's never looked more ripped. To oh, be fair. no, it's uh, in good shape. Uh, I bet he watches shape. this film thinking, fuck's sake, yeah, look at what I used those to be. Are, those are the days. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he looks athletic. He looks like he's uh, some sort of soldier. I don't wonder if Dick Miller got an eye full of cock in his review mirror. Because he does say, I hope you didn't forget your purse, lady. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not turning around now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can't. I, if I do, I'm scrubbing my eyes closed. <laughs> I'm ploughing him down. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so then we we hit silicon. Uh, see, I didn't realise this till I literally watched it again. So this is two months later. I I always mm. thought it just was just a Carried, continuation. Yeah, same. same. So, yeah, so we're at Silicon Valley two months later, uh, where Jack. So this is Martin Short. He's at the doctor's appointment. It's obviously is a, is a regular. Mm. Uh, so the doctor is played by William Shallot, and uh, we found out that he was the doctor to the Incredible Shrinking Man from the what was it fifties? Yeah, nineteen fifty-seven. Nineteen fifty-seven. So yeah, this is a nice little nod to what it's related to, which, which is quite cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is a bit of a manic scene, isn't it? So he's, he's a hypochondriac. He's obviously there <laughs> constantly, and he comes out with some cool stuff. The doc is reading out, like, all his so-called problems, and then he, he, he like, he examines his, his hairline, don't he? Yeah. And he's like, oh, what, what's that rash? <laughs> like, you know, he's... He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think it is? He says, I think you're allergic to hairspray. We're <laughs> <laughs> making real progress here. <laughs> so, uh, it's just it's absolute quality. So he starts checking him over and stuff. And then Jack, while he's checking him over, Jack starts telling him about this, this dream. Oh, this dream. <laughs> amazing yeah it's, it's such quality so this doctor couldn't give two fucks what he's saying uh and, and while he's describing this dream so it, it it also relates to later on when he goes to work he's obviously working at a cashier and and he sees this woman and, and the prices are going high uh, and the doctor is like prodding him he's putting stuff in his mouth <laughs> into him he's like trying to talk while this yeah. all this shit's going into his mouth and stuff um, it's, it's whacking. It's so giving a whack on the back, isn't it? Because he's, he's listening to his his chest, and he's like, the, the, the the register like runs up a hundred a hundred a hundred thousand dollars. 
get it all out. Yeah. So, so he's really trying to explain this dream, and, and all, it's just, he's not listening. Like he's just tapping stuff. He's shining lights. And he's he's got his mouth open when he's chatting <laughs> in mid conversation. Like this is a great, like very physical comedy scene. Like yeah, and um, apparently as well, like this scene really weren't supposed to be like mm. that, was it? Yeah. So this is all Martin Short. Also, what we can gather is like with the scenes that he he kind of is on his own as such he, he wanted to do extra takes didn't he mm. like he was he was just obsessed with like right you know he's, he's like feeling the character and it's like right I want to do more I want to yeah another take another take so all this calamitous stuff that's happening so he gets his arm stuck in like this like a, a trolley tray he then falls off the bench and like it's all ab-libbed in it and it's all just come like off the cuff from Martin Short so yeah, it's it's a cool little introduction to to Jack as a character. So after this, he then obviously calms him down and says, "Look, the only diagnosis that I can say is that you you need to relax. You, you've got to go on holiday, haven't you?" I know. Yeah. I wish our doctors had told you that. <laughs> I know. Like, they just wanted to, like chuck prescriptions. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's like uh, yeah, you just have to relax. You got to go on holiday. Yeah, you know, it's like and whatever you do, go on a nice quiet holiday. No excitement. Yeah, famous last words leading into the rest of the movie. So we then cut to this is the lab. So we are with Tuckner prepping for this test. Um, (laughs) It's quite an entrance to the lab, isn't it? I love it. It's just high fiving everyone. It is. Yeah, it's it's a rock star coming into the uh, into the fray. And he knows it though, doesn't he? Yeah, that's the best thing about it. Yeah, it's loving life. We also learn that the extras in this lab. Real um, scientists, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, oh, really? <laughs> they're, they're all real scientists. Like, I don't know if they worked for JPL. So I had to look at what JPL was. So they're a company related to NASA. Um, but they they needed people that looked like scientists. <laughs> so they got real scientists. So, yeah, um, if there's any kind of awkwardness in any of the shots, that's because they're not actors or extras. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're real nerds in a lab. So, yeah, we've got Tuck, and uh, he's very cocky, isn't he? He's, he's full of himself. He's going to send Sight up for this lab test. And so the uh, they're all wishing him luck, and he's like, kissing all these lab technicians. And freaking, <laughs> he's doing his shit, isn't he? It just makes it even funnier that they're all actual like lab technicians, uh, jet, jet propulsion laboratory technicians. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I just love that like, as well, because like, there's, a, there's a bit... Obviously, they've got to get these chips into like some sort of mechanism to get it working, and they use this robotic arm, don't they? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so slow. I, I literally thought, like, why aren't they just pouring it in themselves? Like, uh, but it's the second chip, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Like where you might struggle. You've got to make sure you put it in the exact same as the first. Yeah. yeah. But that was that was product placement as well, because that was, I think, being um, being marketed as a. As a home science project, there was Robert Arms. That's why there's oh, one in right. Tuck, there's one in Tuck's apartment. Yeah, and then they've oh, got right. them in yeah, the yeah, lab yeah. as well. So that was product placement for that. Um, it called the Puma Arm. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I saw that they said that that was um, a, from a genuine like production line. The one that was yeah. in the, the, the oh the in the lab. lab. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I do remember them being. At home as well, but what kind of what reason? What I can what imagine a by, shit by midday Christmas Day, you'd be fed up with that. Fuck me. 
Yeah, I'm depends gr- what you could program it to do, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. See if you can make me brave, though. Yeah. Ah, see if make me a cup of tea. <laughs> like, I'm doing exposed, man. <laughs> like, you done with that fucking cup of tea yet? What? Like, yeah, it's it's doing it now. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Like, oh, fucking hell! Like, yeah, I spilled milk. <laughs> Oh god, uh, it's just a shit toy. Like yeah. I never understand robots as toys in general. Like because you you, you see, like it don't matter how great they look, even no, they're to this limited. day, they're limited, and they they just get shit and boring after a bit, don't they? Because they can only do so much. Yeah, like, you get fed up with telling yeah. it what to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like you've got fucking yeah, Arnie there, is it? Some artificial intelligence. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, chat with me. Got me own T eight hundred here, like yeah. You know, it's just literally like yeah, we're going to the shops. Like you coming with us, like yeah. See them dickheads over there. Yeah, yeah, just. Give him like a bit of slap right face, like yeah, because doing fucking like they're them giving me some shit at school. Go and sort them out. Like, yeah, it's but none of that. Is that it? robot arm would be like they'd be halfway down <laughs> other side, of <laughs> and it just gesture to it, wave, yeah. move. Put middle finger up <laughs> after about an hour. Uh, yeah, you can see why fucking uh, Johnny Five got battered now because like, <laughs> yeah. he was too shit slow. Like, yeah. like, it was too slow. Like so, yeah, that could do shit. You wank robot. Like, <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, so yeah, so we're we're basically like we're at the activation thing. So the scientist uh, that is the kind of like the main guy in this, so he's the one that's talking like took through it all. So he's he's not even a real actor, so he he's a cinematographer. So when there was looking at casting the role, they just they were just like, uh, yeah, we need somebody that just <laughs> looks nerdy, just mm. like you know, he's got that like image about him, and then the uh, it was like Steven Spielberg actually says like, well, uh, yeah, I know a guy, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's give him a test screening or what. So yeah, so the guy who's there literally talking Dennis Quaid through the whole like the process, process and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's not even actor. Yeah, he's an actual cinematographer who's worked on like many movies. <laughs> like, and, and this, it, I think he's done three acting roles. He did one more after this, which is Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Amazing. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's a famous cinematographer and uh, a lot of the stuff that he was talking was completely ad-libbed. Like, you know, it was just, there was like, yeah, uh, you need to fill some uh, airspace, so just talk shit, like lab stuff. When you, like, cons- <laughs> when you consider some of the performances we've watched from so-called actors, <laughs> yeah, we've got this guy just knocking it out of the park. Exactly. How uh, cool is that, though? Yeah, that is mint. He's just got hired on the spot and it's like, what, really? Like, well, I'm doing my best. I mean, <laughs> like, then he's got full-on action scenes on like, hasn't he? He goes yeah. on the fucking run and everything. Like, uh, So, yeah, his, his name is John Horror. So, yeah, enough respect to the guy. Just thought, fuck it. Like, he was why really not? good, weren't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. Later on, because he had a, a pivotal role in the, in the whole film. Like, obviously, we'll talk like as it gets a bit later down. But, yeah, he did. He played yeah. it so good. Yeah, yeah enough I respect would not have. Would not no, have thought that. it was some amateur. <laughs> like I say, we we've watched so-called professional actors yeah. completely and utterly look like. I'm pretty certain they won't be able to go and perform a cinema- cinematographer role. because oh, well they well shit, as he acted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well. the thing, like, because when he's there, when they do the robotic arm, 
Yeah. And because it's taking so long, like mm. all the stuff he's doing is completely ablived. It's like, like just to yeah, fill, yeah, it's, 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 fill time. He shuffled them papers yeah. up, didn't he? He told him about yeah. keeping it more tidy and stuff. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that like, we're all off the cuff, like oh, you know, because I mean, he just said, "Look, like you just have to talk some shit, like because it's taking too long, like because this white robot arm is slow." So uh, yeah, like so yeah, I'm quite impressed with that. So, uh, so we then get Tuck. He gets into his ship. Uh, and this is kind of like the first bit of visual effects, don't isn't it, of, yeah. of the actual ship. So like, we'll get a bit of visual effects. Uh, and we also find out, like, the, <laughs> Joe Dante actually says, um, he don't really know why they do the spinning. It makes mm. no sense to anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It just really looks cool just like, looks for cool. the effect. So, uh, so, yeah, we get the spinning. It shrinks, so it's obviously worked. And then it gets sucked out of uh, a vent, uh, and then into a needle. It was nice to see they recycled the um, craft from Explorers. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's got loosely based. Very Explorer-esque. So while this is all going off, we then get a little hint of Die Hard, I feel. Uh, so this was before Die Hard. When, yeah, when was just... Die Hard? 88, 89? Uh, 88, wasn't it? 88, isn't it? Yeah. So it felt bit diehard-esque yeah because the like uh, we get like vans turning up outside and just loads of guys in orange jumpsuits coming mm-hmm. out up to no good and they go to the security guard at the beginning and they spray what well, it's called he says says here to fix the phone line yeah here to fix the phone standing line and then yeah start spraying they look like compressed air yeah yeah <laughs> But obviously, they don't want to have any blo- no blood with it, keeping it PG, like family yeah. type film. So it's quite clever how it's done, I thought. Yeah. Like, just like, and then they end up going, everyone gets it. Yeah, you have a bit in the face. That's it. Once they start, like, that's good, that initial scene. Then, yeah, they're just going crazy with it, aren't they? Like, like spinning it around on his fingers. Like everywhere yeah. they look, yeah, yeah. Robocop style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the first guy after the security guard, yes. the wiper is Joe Dante, the actual right. director. And he says, I, "I actually have line, and it's ah." Oh. <laughs> uh, so like, it's a literal blinking your miss cameo. So he comes out of the office, don't he? Yeah, he said he, he was embarrassed to say it took him three takes to actually <laughs> successfully fall on the ground. <laughs> oh, so shit, isn't it? Uh, and you've got like a cinematographer with like a massive role, just <laughs> ad-libbing it. shit and just talking science. Uh, you know, and he's struggling to fall down. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, so the, these guys, they're, they're running through the corridors and they've got these masks on. So... It just lo- literally looks like some sort of compressed air can or something. So, um, but folks are falling down instantly. Yeah, instant. It's yeah. whatever it is. It's got a. It's mm, a potent. very potent knockout agent in it. Yeah. So they make the way into the lab, uh, every, and all the lab technicians are collapsing and stuff. So uh, these these are here for the chips. And there's this <laughs> there's this one scene. And it's, it's fucking amazing. Like so like. All you can see is like this mask, and literally instantly you pull the mask off, and then it's just like a waft of hair, and it's immaculate. And we are <laughs> greeted by Margaret. Fucking hell, Margaret! Her, her makeup, her hair, like it's just can't. It's just, it literally don't make no sense because you've got like this 
this mask <laughs> with no hair whatsoever, you, and it's pulled off, and it's just like, ah, <laughs> huge eight to ten. Absolutely immaculate hair, makeup, everything, and she's there to get these chips. Oh fuck. She's doing one or the other. Uh, well, yeah, one or other. <laughs> like, she is one horny broad, isn't she, God. to be fair? I mean, fuck <laughs> really <is>. me. <laughs> and she knows how to work a computer. Like, I was quite impressed with that. <laughs> she was straight onto it, fucking keyboard. Uh, she knew exactly what she was doing. Uh, and then, while this is all happening, this is where we get Igo. So, we get Igo, who's a bit of a hitman kind of guy, turning up. Um, I get Terminator vibes here. Well, right. he was from Mad Max. Yeah, it's um, uh, Vernon Wells, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Bennett from Commando. Commando, yeah. Mad Max Big Two. Roles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Um, but he was. He wasn't the original. A weird science villain, was he? They originally cast a much shorter actor, and he yeah. shot a lot of the, the scenes like the the other guy. But then the studio decided he was too short because he was like, I don't. I think he was shorter than Mar- Martin Shaw, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they uh, yeah decided to recast to, to, to have this. I guy. think it made sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because like, it was it's very menacing, definitely. Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of uh, nice seeing him in a role like this because he don't have no lines, what I can remember, and uh, where usually he's kind of a bit over the top. Yeah, yeah, he like, do, yeah, like I say, it's, it's unbearable in. Bennett, and then in Mad Max 2 as well, he's really intense as that character, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? So, yeah, I think it is. Um, you you might not get this reference, but it, this the the styling of this character really reminds me. There's a, so both my kids growing up used to watch this um, kids' cartoon. Uh, we went to cartoon. It were a live action called um, Tiny Town. Um, and there's a villain in that called Robbie Rotten, right. and they've all got the. That's with the blue hair and. The, well, that's he was yeah. he was you had a good guy and a bad guy. Well, he Robbie Rotten was the bad guy, so he had a big protruding chin and a plastic style, like Max Headroom style yeah. type of prosthetic. Right. So really weird prone. But yeah, as soon as I seen it, like. Because it threw me at first, I didn't realise who the actor was, and I thought, well, they got Robbie Rotten on as the bad guy, <laughs> yeah. the villain for, and then yeah. So it's not Vernon Wells wrote then, like that. no, no, no. It's a different a actor. Like I think the Scandinavia. I think the the things filmed in in Denmark or something. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but is yeah the whole image of him and like yeah. completely mind yeah yeah. I, I definitely the way he pulled up with his car. It reminded me of the first bit where you see we uh, Terminator turning up. Yeah, and he knocks on the door. She's like. Uh, <laughs> It's in a corner. And she's like, <laughs> yes. And it like blows her head off. And that just, and yeah, that's what I, I had images. The the number plate said snap on, didn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, snap on. And obviously, I, I knew like, already, but uh, it's a nice little wink to like potentially what it, it, yeah, yeah, snap yeah. on is. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, at this moment, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, they really highlight the snap yeah, on. I didn't realise it was an ambassador for a tool company. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, very respectful tool company for a <laughs> So um, we then nip back into the lab. So all this commotion is going off. John Horror grabs the syringe as he makes his way out. Uh, I go uh, sees him, make, peg him for it, and and he's, he's obviously not an athlete. You can tell that he can't run for shit. Uh, I mean, he's as fucking, he's like as wooden as you can get yeah. when it comes to sprinting. Uh, but again, this this has elements of T two. Uh, no, definitely, yeah, uh, with yeah. the jumping of a 
jumping over those um, chain fences and stuff like that. Yeah. It's smashes through the gates with car and yeah. instead of Harley Davidson. Yeah. So it makes a run for it. The car, obviously, uh, with uh, the uh, Igo, like the Psycho, is chasing him. Uh, and, and this is just like a mad chase. Uh, so it cuts to then him grabbing a bicycle off a kid's garden. <laughs> and, and this is his kind of vehicle of sorts. And he's bombing down uh, like a, a carriageway, for like, or, uh, you know, whatever we call them, motorways or whatever they are. Uh, and and again, it's like a, it's a dangerous sequence, and they're making the way to like a shopping mall. And all this time, I goes chasing him. So, uh, but again, it's really impressive stunt work because these are real kind of cars coming towards him, and, it, and it's pretty dangerous. You know, any one yeah, false move, weaving anything. in and out, and yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it could really uh, cause some uh, some damage, kind of thing. So, so yeah, the uh, they make the way to the mall. And then it cuts to uh, Jack. So he's in the... <laughs> he's in the uh, <laughs> travel, travel agent, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's the travel agent selling him the... Uh, the, the you going on a cruise or something? It's like, yeah. boy, I'm jealous of you. You're going to have such an exciting time. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, no excitement, doctor's orders. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah maybe a, a bit of a on-ship romance. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, as long as it's not too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's really trying to sell him this holiday. And he's like, no, whatever you do, there's no excitement. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, like, no, doctor's orders. Quiet. So, uh, yeah. So then we uh, cut on to Igo. So he's now in the mall. So we've got the science guy who's just is is shit at hiding. I mean, yeah. we're not gonna lie. <laughs> did you know the fucking get seen in a busy mall? I mean, did you notice the um, the nuns in there as well? So apparently, this is a thing in in Joe Dante's films as well. He puts like randomly two nuns in 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 his films. Right. Um, was it Joe Dan- Yeah, it was like on, on the commentary that I listened to. It might have been actually the producer who said it. But yeah, uh, yeah it was just like something that just sprinkled into the films. Like that's what, because it stood out to me. Because like, you, you've got the, um, a penguin selling the balloons, haven't you? And there's two nuns speaking. <laughs> but- so like, they're quite prominent in the, in the whole scene. Yeah. And it's like, it did stand out a little bit. Really focused quite, on these two nuns. Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny listening to it. But yeah, so I goes like scouting this mall. This is where we then find out that he has a a fake hand. Yeah. Right? So we understand what the snap on means. So his fake hand is actually a gun, and he sees. <laughs> fuck again! Like it's such wank. <laughs> like is I don't know what he's doing. He's stood up like <laughs> as, as plain as you can, trying to hide behind a child mm. in some balloons. And, and he scouts over, sees him, and he fires his finger. Uh, <laughs> which, yeah. It's just like, yeah. uses, his hand is a gun, fires at him, and it pops the balloons, and he makes a run for it. Uh, and then Just it, like it, that kid, though, who spot, where he, he gives a nod to the kid, doesn't he, at side on him, where it blow, blow smoke off. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. kid's obviously a big Rambo fan. He's yeah. got a Rambo head thing. Uh, yeah. That, bandana on and he's got like a plastic, plastic gun. gun and he's yeah. like yeah he like blows the smoke down to you <laughs> yeah. yeah so um again it's, it's, it's just shit into the science guy because he's now on the lift mm. and uh it's it's a, it's a it's a glass lift so you can see absolutely everything and uh it's either he's shit at hiding 
or Igo is just really great at noticing things. Yeah. Because <laughs> very observant. He's a hitman, though, isn't he? You get that vibe, like like you say, Terminator vibe. He's, he's he, he, he don't mess about. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. So he notices he's on the lift, but now the the science guy he gets to where he needs to be, and it's, it's starting to look quite sweaty. He's looking a bit faint, and then the doors open and Jack's there. So as he pours out of the lift. Uh, he puts the syringe into Jack's arse. <laughs> and uh, and then this is where we see that he's got blood on his back. So he's, it, with the uh, the balloon scene, he actually got hit in the back with his finger. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of commotion here. And apparently it was quite a difficult shot as well like, to, um, to, to film because... There was a lot of commotion, a lot of characters involved. So they had like numerous different camera angles and stuff to be like involved with it. Um, so yeah, um, for, this was yeah quite quite a bit of a messy scene to film. So uh, the I go, he's made his way to where all this is happening, and then the science guy uh, is literally just he just like he dies like on the floor. Um, so, but I go obviously as a hitman, he's not stupid. He figures it out. So he looks straight over to Jack. Uh, Jack's just looking at the guy. He's like, "Oh shit! Like fucking hell! I can't <laughs> believe this is happening." Yeah, he's like, none the wiser of absolutely anything that's just gone off. Uh, and but then I go notices a guy taking snaps of like everything that's going off. <laughs> as you do, you just take photos <laughs> of like dead bodies and stuff like you know what's going off and that. And grabs the camera off him, don't you? Yeah, he totally sort of sucker punches him in the kidney, though, don't he, to make him drop his camera. It's like, and the guy goes, hey, did, did you see that? And he's like, whack, right? Smacked him in the ribs. Yeah. And yeah. that got come keen because he's got yeah. a metal hand. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that's his hand oh, that he used. Probably with metal finger. Yeah. Oh, so uh, so yeah, this is uh, so everything. He's grabbed the camera, and then as he leaves, he pops a balloon off a, off of a clown, like just for the sake of it, because well, he's a hard hit man, isn't he? Yeah, just an horrible bastard. So then it cuts to Jack at work, and <laughs> he's late. Right? Mm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we uh, see him running in. Uh, he's, he's, he's obviously late for his shift, and this is where we meet his manager, played by uh, Henry Gibson. So this is Dr. Klopek of the Burbs. Yeah. And f- well, for me, it's the the leader of the uh, Illinois Nazi party from Blues, Blues Brothers as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, big Blues Brothers. Uh, yeah. See, like, oh, okay. All right. See, yeah, he's definitely Klopek for me. For Always the Burbs, the Burbs yeah. yeah. And this is why he, he got cast in the Burbs, because of his performance oh, in, really? uh, in a space. Joe Dante appreciated his performance so much, he's gave him a much bigger part wow. in, in, like for his next film, which the burbs so yeah, yeah. but i mean henry gibson it is one of them characters it's it, as strange as it is i get him mixed up with <laughs> the granddad in christmas vacation i don't know why right? <laughs> but what because they're all kind of stumpy with silver hair yeah, i just got yeah, that yeah. image of me <laughs> right, even though they're completely fucking different ca- <laughs> actors and characters but yeah um but yeah like it, clark's it, dad yeah like yeah. that He's like the blessing, like you know, like oh no, that's uncle, isn't it? That's, is that the uncle? Great uncle. Like, like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, well, yeah, you know I mean, like, yeah, the, yeah. like the old guy in Christmas Vacation. Like, I always get Henry Gibson and that mixed up with. Well, I don't know why. So, uh, so yeah, yeah this uh, this Henry Gibson's is his manager. Jack makes his way to the till. So, 
straight into shift and and we meet well this is bonnie from the burbs so i don't know what her, her real name is like you know so I, I can't be asked to look it up like so um her this is bonnie from the burbs again another uh actress used by joe dante and she's a right piece of shit like i mean she uh, so jack's mm-hmm. there is serving customers and at the same time talking to her where they had a potential date and mm. she didn't bother turning <laughs> yeah. like, I mean and she don't give two fucks she even know at all. Like, you know what I mean so it's like yeah uh, 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 you weren't there where we were supposed to be it's like yeah I didn't uh, yeah, I didn't want to like, couldn't be bothered or whatever the fuck you want <laughs> yeah. if uh, you want to be part of my life you just gotta let me do my thing I'm not part of your life <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's so funny it, I Wendy mean, isn't it her name Wendy is that her name, Wendy? Yeah, she, I mean, she's just a right piece of shit. Then Tuck then wakes up. So all this commotion has been injected into Jack's arse. He now like kind of wakes up inside his capsule. Uh, and he still thinks he's in the rabbit. You know? mm, so he thinks, yeah. oh, I don't know what's gone off, uh, but I'm assuming everything's gone to plan. So he's sending like magnetic kind of charges out isn't it because mm. I, i'm assuming this is what he should be doing yeah what the plan would yeah. have been under normal scientific experiment circumstances yeah. this is where we get a first glimpse of real glimpse of some of the award you know the oscar winning like special effects it's just amazing it's like literally camera footage from being inside a, a human body that it's just so real looking, isn't it? That the the, uh, the fat cells, because he's like, yeah. yeah, it's just. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, was it Roger Ebert, um, <clears throat> the uh, famous film critic, thought it was actual footage from <laughs> like medical uh, science, yeah, yeah science like footage, footage. Wow. Um, but yeah, it all it was was like like jelly, jelly, like jello, jello is the jello same, or jelly yeah, inside balloons, sort of frozen, and then yeah, it's just like the right camera angle to, wow. yeah. him to make it look yeah just using i think he did something like a f- about 1500 of them for, mm. for the fat cells mm. and uh just to to make this one shot and it lasted seconds yeah. was it yeah literally <laughs> for about two seconds on screen yeah so uh, on the commentary it, you've got the director producer special effects guy and then two actors so the special effects guy this is the first bit he comes into and it's like, yeah, uh, this is Jello, and it's been frozen, uh, and and that's the end of that shot. <laughs> <laughs> so it literally on for like two seconds, like you know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's such an interesting uh, listen though, like with the commentary with, with with this, the the way they make these effects are just like unreal, like with, with just household objects, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So. So yeah, the fat cells are frozen bits of jelly. Right. So uh, as we said earlier, Tuck is sending like magnetic charges out for some reason. I don't really understand why, uh, but at the same time, it's affecting the till. <laughs> and at the same time as well, um, Joe Dante also said this was the first time they'd used this type of automatic till system with the barcodes. Right. right. So this was kind of brand new technology yeah, they are. it literally was they're like yeah mind blown technology <laughs> he didn't know what well, I had to use it properly did he like, yeah this is now his dream yeah, coming to life yeah. dream sequence literally there's some funny bits in the sequence that he spoke about as well because like the, the the man behind the the orange haired lady from the dream that's um, Ron Howard's dad 
Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah, in there. And apparently there was a guy in shot just behind Martin Short, I think it was, and he kept looking directly at the camera and he was like... <laughs> He was so annoyed by it, like Joe Dante had to kind of direct all these shots around it because he didn't spot it until like afterwards. So they had to like edit around it and just saying like how annoying it was. (laughs) (laughs) I know, he's like looking at the camera. It's one thing you don't do. A simple scene like that can cause so much hassle, like just from one extra staring at the camera. So so, to be fair, it it did a decent job out of it, I must admit. So yeah, it's... uh, the till is raking up to a hundred and eighty thousand dollars, <laughs> and then as it obviously the, the manager gets called in, like they see what's happening, like Jack's just panicking like shit, and he's like, "Oh, Jack, what have you done?" One hundred eighty thousand dollars, <laughs> and then like the woman then looks Pulls at him and says. Is that with or without coupons? <laughs> <laughs> She's got a fucking massive clear wallet full of yeah. these coupons cut out at today's paper or whatever. And so, like, all this time, like, because Jack's obviously, like, his dream's coming true. He's got all this shit going off, like. And uh, <laughs> so he fucking... It's just going all frantic. So he's like, oh, I need some paracetamol. He grabs the aspirin. Yeah, and yeah. T- <laughs> he's fucking dying in aspirin. Like, animal. like the Tic Tacs or something. Um, and then in the background, there's this guy. Uh, the woman says, uh, hey, I, I'm not paying for that now. And, and he's going, well, for $800 a bottle, like, who want to? Like, well, the guy who says that is actually Chuck Jones. Right? So he's the original animator of Bugs Bunny and yeah. several other Looney Tune cartoons. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. So he's got him in, in the background as just an extra. Like, yeah. So Joe Dante loves Looney Tunes, don't yeah. you? I mean, it's and he loves sorting his mates out with parts and stuff, and people you know he appreciates. And yeah, it, like later on, there's a huge scene in a nightclub. Apparently, he had like pretty much all, loads of his friends in. He said so. Yeah, it's good on him. It's great when you can do that. It's like, hey, give us part of your movie. Yeah, all right then find a nightclub scene right yeah just go over there and just dance <laughs> like, yeah. it can, f- can like, sort all his mates out at that point that'd then. be great though making sure they get to look back at that and oh. just like, yeah I was there oh god yeah and they got a wage for day probably yeah. is there yeah nice bit of snap yeah free snap so we then cut uh, to Tuck so Tuck now realises that yeah there's obviously something wrong so he enters the bloodstream Again, this is just like unreal, like special effects, because he uses laser mm. to cut into his vein. Yeah. Is that mm. right? Yeah. Yep. So he makes like a little cut and gets in there with his spaceship. While that's happening, we are in the manager's office, and Jack's just basically having a meltdown. <laughs> I mean, fuck's sake. Uh, again, it's like it, it's, it plays this role so well. And uh, <laughs> I like this because the manager, obviously, Henry Gibson, is like talking to him. It's like, uh, well, uh, you know, I, I, see, I see you as a son to me. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then he kind of pauses. Like, well, uh, well um, a nephew anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and while he's talking, it's like, I see you have, you're having a bright future in this food management. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't want to see you throw it all away by going psycho on us <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it, it's there trying to be all calming and just actually calling him a psycho at the same time 
So uh, while this is happening, obviously Tuck's trying to basically just get some visions of, of, of what's happening in front of him. Mm. So is uh, now behind Jack's eye. It's all like sets into it, like yeah. you know, all practical effects for for the eyeball scene. So he he then like latches onto his eyeball, and uh, as you can imagine, Jack screams out <laughs> in agony so now like, Tuck can now see and uh, obviously he's, he's seen a strange man he's seen uh, the manager uh, and uh, he's, he's basically wondering like where the freaking hell is you know because he's like well this isn't the science lab you know so it's like like what's gone off so uh, we now cut to the bad guys and they know now who Jack is so I goes took his camera back, Auntie. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Pictures developed. Yeah, they're zooming on his name tag. It's a weird name tag though, because it's like the name of the supermarket, Safeway, and then it says J Putter. So it's like it's not a very helpful name tag because no, you'd not just really. say Jack, wouldn't you? Like, yeah. It, it, well, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's for the be- plot because yeah. they can then track him down by his surname, but it didn't really make sense to have J. Putter yeah, on your your a, name tag. Not in a customer-facing oh, role. Jane yeah. Dot Putter, can you just <laughs> help me for a yeah, minute? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we're roaming around. Uh, excuse me, Jay Putter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me where rice is? Mister J Dot Putter. It's good to meet. You. I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make sense, but little. Yeah. yeah, it is a bit strange actually because normally just put the first name there, but yeah. No, then they wouldn't be able to track him down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously. So we, we know he's a putter and he works at Safeway. So we've got Tuck now, and he's in Jack's ear. He's, he's obviously is in pain, and the manager's like, right, just get you sent to the doctors, sort your sent out, <laughs> like, take the rest of the day. So he's uh, he's in the elevator, and he's going <laughs> up to the doctors, isn't he? And uh, and this is where Tuck finally latches into his ears. So it, now he's. He's not only got vision, but he's got audio as well. And uh, it's, <laughs> it starts talking. Right, so Jack's in the elevator with a crowd of people, and he's talking to him, and he's like, uh, oh, who's, who's that? Right, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that you can hear me. Like, hello, hello. And he's like, uh, yeah, hello. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're obviously in a packed lift. So he gets out of the lift. He goes into the then waiting room. And, um, yeah, again, he's still hearing this voice. So he's not sure, really, what to do with it, is he? Yeah. This is another reshoot scene, isn't it? Because they had it with, like, unknown extras initially. And then uh, he had some of his his friends from, uh, was it the SCTV? SCTV. And then when they reshot it, it worked a lot better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's so funny. It is. It's, it's great to come again. Like the way they interact with him and stuff. So while Martin Short was obviously interacting, like so, um, Dennis Quaid, what filmed like all his scenes, literally like in this pod, mm. like yeah. offset, didn't he? And they were communicating just literally by an earpiece. So whatever, like Dennis Quaid was saying. Martin Short could hear. in real time yeah yeah so and that's how they can get that kind of chemistry obviously Martin Short's now in the waiting room and uh, he's getting a bit panicky now because he knows his his name uh, he's in this waiting and, and, and like nobody can hear what he's saying and he's like and then he's, he just stands up and he's like I'm possessed <laughs> you know he's like just he's really psyching out 
So, <laughs> so he gets into like the doc's room. Again, he's doing his tests and stuff. And while he shines like the light into his eye, it it, it looks like blinding tuck. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. As you can imagine, <clears throat> uh, it's going through his eyeball. And then uh, after all these tests and he's explaining things that have been going off, and he's like, uh, oh, you, "You seem to be experiencing some sort of uh, theistic." form of hysteria <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's like well, well, well you know how do you cure that well the medieval remedy was to flay your skin off your body with brands of fire <laughs> <laughs> and it's like uh, don't know what the current thing is at the moment uh, and then it cuts that to um, him going home so yeah so we're at now jack's home this is where like uh, jack's it can hear his voice he's trying to ignore it uh, he's in his apartment and he's like uh, watching tv he's point volume up and all <laughs> he's watching game show isn't he? and he's like oh yeah, yeah i like uh, this question like you yeah. know and he's like come on jack you know you can i know you can hear me and all this and he's like oh yeah i can't believe you don't know this answer so uh, uh tuck's now telling him basically like about the test like so um, eventually, he like sits down. He explains to him the situation that they're in, like you know, and, and he's listening to uh, to all this. And uh, so, yeah, now is 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 basically up to date with what the situation is. You know, I'm in your body. Like this is what's happened. Mm. Like yeah, this, this is when the telly blows up as well when they're yeah. watching the quiz thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he uses his uh, like electrical device thing. Yeah, that just blows his TV up. Got special powers. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shoots his tape through window at like them too. And then, uh, so eventually, then we get a delivery guy who turns up. Uh, and yeah, straight away, he mm. seems dodgy. Dodgy, yeah. yeah. Suspiciously wants to make a phone call, barges his way in. Yeah. Forces his way in. And he's like, yeah, can you use your phone? And he's like looking around the place and all this. And he's asking loads of like uh, strange questions. And he's like, hey, this is yours. So like, you know, he gives it a VHS tape. Well, Tuck obviously recognises this. Yeah, he smells mm. a rat, doesn't he? Straight yeah. away, no fooling him. And he's like, uh, Jack, you need to get out of here. Like, it's, you know, it's all load of shit. Like, you know, get out. So he goes to make a run for it. And the uh, delivery guy like, tries to grab him. So like, there's a tussle and all this. Uh, Jack gets out and as he makes his way out he also then sees I go right so Terminator <laughs> guy he's making his way up as well into mm. so yeah um, he's kind of hiding rummaging through the uh, the bushes and all this kind of stuff um, again this was like extended weren't it Alright, so this scene was only supposed to be like just like a basic scene um, but it's, it's kind of like just a nice introduction Martin Short he he did a lot of kind of again ablib stuff. Um, the way they filmed it was they did external internal stuff. So it says that the thing with San Francisco is the weather is yeah. just terrible, isn't it? The but rain so unpredictable. It? Yeah. So when they've got planned for external shots, uh, you'll get shit weather for like <laughs> so they can't film. Yeah. Mm. So then they have to then film like like on set for like so the, this apartment scene was like a, um, just basically a wet playtime like, mm. where you have to go indoors and you have to do scenes indoors and it just, f- it, it, it fucks up with the editing like, because they've got to then, the film indoors and then they've got to then mix it with the uh, the external stuff and yeah, and, it, it's, and Joe Dante was like, this was just, it's a bit of a fucking ball ache for us all. 
So uh, this was that. Martin Short did several takes playing about this whole scene and stuff. Um, so yeah, so uh, this this was only supposed to be like kind of like a brief kind of scene, weren't mm. it? But like it got extended. The brought I go into it as well, and I think that was off of Spielberg as well, where he wanted to extend it with a bit more kind See more of, of him and the menace of him in it. Yeah, yeah. So that we also get then Tuck, he's lasering, uh, lasering through uh, his skin. Again, off uh, Spielberg, he said um, he needed, he wanted a bit more of like a, of an action scene involved, uh, a bit more peril. So he introduced the scene where he was getting sucked into his heart valve, weren't mm. it? Like so, again, it was just practical effects. He had, uh, I think, several guys that yeah, was just, just pumping it. It's like a six-foot heart that they built, and it's yeah. like one for one side of the pump, one for the other. Just, like it's crazy. It's it and it, you would never think that looking at it on the no, screen. No, no, like, it, it looks, looks like a medical yeah. piece of footage. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's amazing. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. imagination with these practical <clears throat> effects are like immense. I know he hired a medical student to kind of help with like some stuff for the mm. the scaling of the modelling and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And now they'd function. Just yeah, you you never hear <laughs> of that sort. Yeah, again, not to just shit on modern stuff for modern CGI, but just knowing the effort and and go and to think. Not once you're taken out of that experience when you're watching it. Even back then, you're just in complete wonderment at, yeah. at how amazing it all looks. And yeah. it's almost like the straight man to the film is the yeah. effects yeah. because of how serious it is and yeah. how real it is. Then, like all the zany stuff that Martin Short's doing, it's kind of like a, a juxtaposition really, yeah. because yeah. it's like, but it's just so good because <laughs> well, you believe it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, you know, because like I say, you you've got like this serious peril stuff going off inside his body, and then it will then like instantly then cut to like a comedic kind of bit of commotion in like some sort of set piece in some sort of scenario. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, which is you know you got this zany comedy which then cuts to like the seriousness inside his body. So yeah, it again that. That I think that's what made it struggle as a film as well because there was they weren't sure how to promote it, were they? Like, yeah, as, as, it, is it a straight out comedy? Yeah, you know, because but it's yeah, you know, but you've got some serious matter involved, and yeah, you know, it, 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 they didn't really know how to pub, like, advertise it properly and all mm. that, publicize yeah, it. Yeah, you'd so. probably you you'd probably scare young 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 kids with some of that. Yeah, the the internal features. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a child, like you say, there's some great moments in it, but then it, then there's some real serious stuff where you're kind of like, oh, fuck yeah, this is a bit hard going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And it was a, a PG as well, which, yeah. like, so, yeah, the Spielberg effect, you know, it's, yeah, how he manages to just scrape into that PG rating, <laughs> don't he? Like, yeah, like, yeah, he's got, like, some some shots where you're kind of a bit like, oh, a bit close bit uh, yeah, yeah a bit close to bone like for for, for to adolescence yeah. let's say obviously now like Tuck's explained everything to Jack so Jack's now at the laboratory and he's explaining to them that Tuck uh, is basically inside him so he's sat him down he's explaining all this so Tuck's explaining to Jack Jack's then explaining to the scientists while this is all happening they like leave the room 
and uh, he can um, he, he, he like clips into his ear so it gives him like superhuman hearing as well don't yeah. whether that's a scientific well, it's, well it's scientific as long as he can look at me or yeah. something he can figure out what they're saying based. but again there's a few features on this spacecraft that I'm curious to <laughs> why they were added to something that was just going to explore the insides of a rabbit like yeah Stuff we see a bit later on as well, but yeah, it's got it's got some really neat stuff. Well, maybe, got, yeah, maybe it was the rabbit wasn't the ultimate. Yeah, you know, <laughs> giving them their uh, yeah, but you'd have thought yeah. Again, it's like you know the rabbit was the original target, so it's like what do they need to know inside a rabbit? It's like yeah, mm. all right, we've shrunk you, yeah, sand. All right, let's make you big again, and then let's figure like why you got to go inside a rabbit? You know what I mean? It's just like it just makes you wonder what the like yeah, the plan, other, what they were going to use it plan, for, yeah, what, yeah, the yeah. goals they had in general. So, but yeah, as is listening in, we then obviously get um a, the scenario where it adds this extra tension to yeah, the storyline jeopardy yeah the jeopardy so we learn that by nine o'clock tomorrow morning he will be without air yeah. so he's got till the morning mm. to figure out how to figure the shit out and get big again well basically is, they, they can't do anything without this the chip that's been yeah. stolen can yeah. they so yeah, they need the chip, and uh, but also at the same time, if if is is there something that happens if they do it too soon? No, like, well, wait, there was, was the, there was a bit about oh, why can't he just go into the lungs and fill his oxygen tanks yeah. up there? It's like well, no, I can't do that. If he does that, it'll just immediately implode. <laughs> so I think that was just for the people who questioned it a little bit further. They're like, right. oh, there's more lungs he's bringing, breathing in there all the time. Right. But right. apparently that air is no good because yeah. it's, 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 yeah. it's not been shrunk air. So it's too, <laughs> too big because it's in his lungs that are big. It will implode or explode. Like. There's, a, there's a bit that there's a line that I liked where it was like, when he when he says to him, "Hey, I can hear them." He's just like, "Yeah, no, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, listen." <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we've got the t- plot now. So obviously now he, he knows he's like you know he's up against it. He's got a lack of time, so he's like, "Right, we need to get the hell out of here. Get into my car. We need to get to my car. We need to get to." Uh, so he goes to his uh, his locker to grab his jacket to get his clothes and to get into his car and get the hell out of there and get to his apartment. So, uh, Jack, then... I have to just say, though, that his coat fits him quite well, and I thought... <laughs> He's a bit smaller. Yeah, they all took yeah. him quite a bit bigger, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's obviously not as big as he thought he was. No. Yeah. Yeah. Got some scrawny nerd, like, <laughs> like, look as just as good as just fills out the jacket just yeah. as well. <laughs> So, yeah, as he's driving, I like this bit as well. So he's driving towards his apartment and uh, he's going down like this uh, kind of like carriageway in America, uh, which wasn't actually finished as well while they're filming mm-hmm. it. So like the cars on this scene are just extras that they hired for the scene as well. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. weren't a finished road, uh, which it is now. But, um, yeah, uh, it comes out this cool line where it's like, uh, yeah, can I just ask you... Um, no pain, please. All right, so don't don't accidentally s- sever my spinal cord and then just say, "Oh, sorry," like you know, kind of thing. So like, please, like, just no pain. And he's like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough." Like, oh yeah, cheers. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, eventually they get to uh, Tuck's apartment, uh, and 
this is where talk to well, I, I need a drink. Like you're gonna have to have a drink for me. Go and find that. The, the, uh, so turn that to a Southern Comfort, I think it is. Like finds a bottle yeah, of Southern some Comfort. Yeah, some whiskey or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the only way I can have a drink is for you to have a drink, is what he said. And then right. he's, yeah, he said. For me, this scene, I know the, listening to the commentary said that this was added in again later. So originally they took, took the, they edited this out. And w- watching it at the time, I felt like I don't know if it was needed, you know, yeah. because it is such a long run time. There is some lulls, and this was one of them for me. Yes, yeah, same. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I added, but apparently they felt like it added the bonding and the more heartfelt stuff later on. But... I, I I do believe that. Yeah, the way they but explained it. I think they could have it. done it in a shorter amount of time. It I don't just know, felt but... like it was a bit longer for me personally. Yeah, that, I mean yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah, like. the, the fucking dance scene. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> it's yeah. quite long. The da- I mean, obviously he's drunk and uh, he goes a bit zany and it's highlighting some of his. Yeah, like, you know, personality uh, quick. Yeah, his skills as like yeah, that kind of uh, comedy. But um, yeah, I, I feel like up to this point, all he's got is just like a voice in his ear to be like this is a, again like to to kind of grow into a mainstream audience. You've got to have like connections and relationships, and mm, yeah. So yeah. like, I feel this is like the first scene. That brings them together. Yeah, they're talking to one another. Is inside his body. They're having a drink, and um, yeah, they're kind of letting loose, and and the, and they're beginning to get that connection. Yeah, I get that. And yeah. it's literally the first time that Tuck sees Jack because yeah. he looks in the mirror and he gets to see him. So yeah, I get all that. I yeah. just felt at the time watching it, it's like, oh, I wonder what the runtime is at this point. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, yeah I get yeah, I, I think it. Probably is pros needed and cons overall. for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So uh, we're in his apartment and he's getting drunk and uh, acting like a bit of a twat, <laughs> isn't he? Right, this is the dance sequence and all this kind of shit. So now we then cut to Lydia, and uh, this is where we first see that she is actually a reporter. She's supposed to be going to meet the cowboy. <laughs> so this is played by Robert Picardo. So we've got Jack and Tuck. That. So Tuck's explaining to Jack that Lydia is a bit of a love interest. We need to go and see her. So they're making the way to go and see Lydia. So Jack's now driving to go and see Lydia. So he pulls up. Lydia obviously sees this is Tuck's car. Yeah. yeah. Who the hell is this Tuck's driving Tuck's, Tuck's jacket? <laughs> you got Tuck's, this guy wearing Tuck's jacket. So obviously you can imagine, she's like, you know, why are you in Tuck's car? Why are you wearing Tuck's clothes? And he's like, look, just shut up. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tuck's telling Jack, like, just tell her to shut up. Tell her to go in the car, you know, and we'll explain things or whatever. So like, you know, he does what Tuck's telling him. She jumps in the car and they go to have dinner. So this scene uh, is... Just basically Jack explaining briefly to Lydia mm. like what's kind of been going off. Not, not fully into detail. Uh, she don't know that uh, Tuck's obviously inside Jack, but he says that he's very close. Mm. Um, Tuck's in trouble, doesn't he? I mean, he's he's a, like a friend. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and there's a there's a cool scene at the toilet as well, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, uh, which is quite cool. So uh, so Jack goes to the toilet, and it, again, I suppose this is a bit of a pointless scene, but then uh, it's it's how you want to look at it. So uh, he's talking to talking his head. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a a guy who comes out of the cubicle and sees Jack. Like just talking <laughs> with his, his head bowed down. That looks like he's talking <laughs> to his dick, don't he? Yeah. And uh, as he's walking out, he's like, "Hey, play with it, pal. <laughs> don't talk to him." Like, and then he just walks out, don't he? Like, it's as blunt as you can get. I mean, such a great little scene. Like, you know, great character. Uh, and again, he's kind of a bit of a, a like, friend like, from Joe Dante. He was in Gremlins, Dante. wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he like he just said that he could ad lib that yeah. line and just say and he, yeah, he apparently he said I feel like I've got the biggest laugh of the whole film oh, from yeah. that line, didn't he? It's it? a so, great it's a great little scene. Yeah. Right. Very good. It's not needed, but again, it's a cool scene. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he's if anyone's interested, he's the guy who gets sold the non smoke ashtray mm. right in the uh, gas station so he's the guy that's basically like just like coughing his guts up when the invention doesn't work in gremlins cool um there's also a, a bit where he, he like panics a bit because he thinks he, he's gone for a slash like wondering if it's, it's pissed, fired him out it's yeah. pissed him out as well like, i thought that was <laughs> quite cool so uh this is also like so he goes to go back to lydia and i go turns up Mm. Uh, so he grabs Jack and then Lydia uh, pulls out a taser gun and uh, this is where then uh, Jack is basically knocked out so like she's like threatening Igo with his taser she fires the taser and well sets his badge on fire as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it goes through like the badge doesn't it yeah, yeah. so yeah she uh, hits Jack electrocutes him knocks him out I goes, oh, cheers for that. Uh, puts him on the shoulder and makes his way out. Uh, and, uh, and this is where he chucks him into the uh, meat wagon, uh, which is like, he, he knocks the guys out, steals the wagon, chucks him in, uh, and away they go. And uh, this is now where we meet uh, Victor Scrimshaw. Mm. Yeah, the Mr. Big of the operation. Is, yeah, big bad guy yeah this is the main man victor scrimshaw so he's the guy who needs the chips he wants to do his own kind of inventions with these chips so this is played by uh, kevin mccarthy so we've got uh, jack and uh, he's in the, the wagon in the chiller bit into the meats the cold meat bit Oh, he's absolutely frozen, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> uh, and and uh, yeah, cool story about this as well. Where like so so is obviously like uh, Scrimshaw. He sits in the back with Jack. They pull off to go to like his house, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of this scene uh, was last minute written, mm. weren't it? Yeah, uh, and it got kind of cut, didn't it? From the uh, a lot of it got cut, and uh, it was apparently a really funny monologue as well that didn't make the final cut but yeah yeah but he yeah just improvised it all yeah what also made me laugh though to be fair was um the minute they got into the wagon um i go put headphones on and uh <laughs> tape so literally while he's like, driving yeah. yeah yeah so it's like you know he's, he's literally like a terminator yeah but, like when he's driving a wagon yeah like a few yeah, tunes yeah why not <laughs> yeah uh, it's a bit dangerous but 
that's how he rolls. And, and uh, yeah, just so they cover every avenue to like not hearing any noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, you're gonna put some headphones. On. Like, I I don't know. I can't imagine him being a hitman that wears headphones. No. <laughs> and make one to keep his awareness, yeah. don't you? Exactly. Like, I'd be interested to know what songs were playing through them headphones as well. Like a bit of grunge metal, maybe, yeah, or smashing it out. Um, I don't know, or the bit of carpenters. Australian <laughs> into the yeah, actor, so probably you. Kylie Minogue or yeah. something. Or that John Farnham. Yeah. John Farnham. <laughs> they all love John Farnham over there. Right, so, yeah, greatest hits of John Farnham. Right, maybe, what is it, two songs that he released? That would be hits. <laughs> Did you hear that bit as well? Just like when. Um, Jack's being carried to the meat wagon where the script supervisor had called Joe Dante like a few months after it had been like released and she felt like she'd ruined the movie because she'd not spotted this continuity error where he's being carried over the other shoulder with like a massive overreaction. Like that is, yeah. <laughs> no one noticed, no one would have noticed. I didn't notice watching it. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's all right. Chill. I think I think we're safe. We're okay. Yeah. And, and and I think you, you could literally just cover it like I said, like was switching shoulders, yeah. like on the way out sh- the door. Yeah. My other shoulders <laughs> aching, like so. I'm just moving it on to other ones, like. But again, it's 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 these like little details. It's quality. We're driving away now, so uh, we've got Tuck obviously uh, in uh, Jack's ear and uh, is explaining everything, like you know what he should be doing and all this, and is it starts then psyching him up. So in the script, this was just literally like the scene. So this is Tuck psyching Jack up to make an escape. Uh, but because Scrimshaw, uh, Victor Scrimshaw is in the wagon, there was like, well, maybe we ought to give him a bit of something to say. Right, so this is where like last minute wrote on a scrap piece of paper a monologue for him to read out <laughs> while all this was going on. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's it's a bit, bit of a fucking rush job. But on the day of shooting, like they had to like write just this monologue for Kevin McCarthy to read out for 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 Scrimshaw, just to give it just a bit more about the scene, and uh, yeah, so we've got Tuck in Jack's ear, psyching him up, basically like right, you need to go, you need to go now, you need to make a run for it. So that's it, it goes for it, and uh, this whole scene is just. Absolutely incredible, to be fair. I mean, the stunts in, involved with this is just awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, mine short did a lot of the close-up work and stuff as well, and like, yeah, the stuff where he's in the car, uh, you know, hanging out and stuff. And hey, you've got Lydia; she's following the uh, the wagon uh, in in Tuck's car, obviously. Uh, and then out of nowhere, the doors swing open. There's Jack and. Uh, um, apparently this whole scene took a week to film uh, with the stunt coordinators so it's it's just a mishmash of camera angles and all this and, and it's, it was just uh, it's an incredibly well done shot yeah. like, mm. some great stunt work um, and there's uh, there's obviously a, a bit where uh, Jack is hanging off the door and he's like and, and it's blatantly him getting onto the bonnet of the car uh, and and that is uh, a metal rod going up his back yeah. uh, to stop him from falling onto the road, <laughs> and, and so it, so it's a mixture of you know it's like it's that some... convertible, isn't it? Where like there's the the frame over it, and he's like stood up there, and it looks like he's he could lean back and fall back into the back seat, but like you said, it's like built in yeah. up to behind his trousers. Like really some clever. great camera, yeah, it's, it's it's brilliantly done. It's some great camera work. Uh, some uh, yeah, again cracking. Uh, practical stunts and stuff so 
Um, so yeah, so Jack gets that. It's very, again, like a seat of the pants kind of stuff. And he gets into the car. And uh, this is then where we are met with the cowboy. So uh, Lydia and Jack go to meet the cowboy. So then we then cut to uh, Scrimshaw. So this is, uh, if it is this one, yeah, it is, isn't it? They've gone to meet the cowboy. They know where he's staying. And then it cuts to Scrimshaw. So Scrimshaw's in, in this abandoned warehouse. It's so <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah. abandoned, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. With the- the glorious set yeah well apparently they just saw it and they thought it was a good location they were just gonna shoot it in that corner where his desk was and then they just thought there's this weird character like it would be quite funny just for him to just to be in this huge space on his own so then they pan back out and they see that it's a massive warehouse (laughs) he's just in the tiny little (laughs) corner with his desk it's it's, it's lit as well it's just so it makes no sense it's so fucked no it's so tt white cat as well and it's almost like a bond villain yeah Yeah. Yeah. well i think it's like say like so many parts in this film it's just like punctuating a point into it it's yeah yeah it's It's fucked yeah yeah this square section of pink uh, and he's just sat there with his phone <laughs> talking to Margaret. Um, and all the while, she's with Igo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he puts, puts his extension on. Puts, what? Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. So that's a, a vibrator yeah. extension. Oh, God. Uh, which apparently gets cut a lot on TV. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't know I why. Yeah. Uh, but I guess. It's just going to give her a massage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is a uh, shoulder massage. Yeah. Like, Fuck me. I mean, Margaret, she is a dirty old bag, isn't she? <laughs> she I mean, just is. Every, every interaction is, she does bit of science, bit of sex. That's, yeah. that's her character, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, I did not expect that. But, um, yeah, quite, again, it was an eye quite opening. funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, again, it was quite funny. So we're in the hotel room of the cowboy now. And he's trying on a lot of boots. Which um, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but he actually said they were all his own boots. <laughs> uh, so I think, yeah, he said a few things that were like, "Is that tongue in cheek?" Or <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, but he did have the suitcase made purposely, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so With he's got a ghetto blaster, pink and white furry suitcase, uh, and uh, that was purposely made by the props guys. It's uh, so it, it's so good seeing him play this character because that sort of just reminds you of how versatile he was as an mm. actor in, in the different roles that he played. Especially when, if all you're aware of him now is his latest stuff that he's like in Star, Star Trek, Trek and things like that, and that very distinct character, that that's you see any headshot of him now and you're, you know who exactly who he is. And it, yeah, just it plays that cowboy character, Mint. It's like yeah. unrecognisable almost with it. It's yeah, so it's good. very funny in the commentary yeah. as well to listen to. Yeah. yeah, he's got some good stories. He speaks about his wig, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wanted his wig based on uh, General Gaddafi. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a General Gaddafi wig. Right? And apparently like the guy knew what he was on about. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, he's having a whaler time in here. So he's got his ghetto blaster on, he's singing, uh, and uh, what I always thought was like a hairdryer on his boots, right? but obviously not. I think it's a buffing it's machine. It's a buffer, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. So now I know in adult eyes. Makes more sense, yeah. doesn't it? Like, why would you have a hairdryer <laughs> blowing your shoes? Walking through loads of puddles. Yeah. Well, who knows? You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
like I say, it could be a very muddy day. So yeah, they're they're in the car looking over to the hotel. Yeah, and uh, and Jack is like eyeing up Lydia, yeah. like, mm. you know, and uh, and Tuck notices is like, hey, like, you know, watch your fucking eyes, yeah. mate, like, you know, and all this. But uh, yeah, so he's, he's not happy, and uh, so then we get the shot that so they're in the their room now. So Jack and Lydia are sharing a room in the same hotel up uh, next door to the cowboy. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> right. So Lydia's chatting to Jack or whatever. So Jack's uh, Tuck's got a, a suitcase in his boot of clothes in case he gets caught short somewhere. Yeah, he's got some overnight clothes or whatever. So as she walks out, Jack's wearing Tuck's jacket and she looks at him like he's like this fucking amazing yeah, Adonis no, of a man. And it literally looks like a kid wearing his dad's clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't get it. See, that's this. This is the start of the only sort of bit in the, on this rewatch where I, I feel a little bit uneasy about how they seem to force this sort of. Just the fact that it's just in his clothes. It's still Martin Short, that yeah. same weird geek that were there before. Why? Yeah, it, it, jacket's it, massive, isn't great, it? and a little bit of yeah, a triangle, and the way, yeah, right. and the way that that progresses, it, ne- it never really sits right with yeah. me. Because, because to be fair, Jack's got no entitlement whatsoever. Because he's not charmed or anything. He's, no. he's at end of the day, all he's done is carrying <laughs> Tuck around inside him, and yeah. he's been dragged into it and, yeah. and dragged her into got it. His so, car and his yeah, that, a little bit. that's that's just one aspect to this film that that yeah doesn't sit right with me on that. No. But yeah, she'd like to say it, to me, why, why suddenly she comes out and it's like, hubba hubba, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. He's literally, like, he looks embarrassed himself where it's like, yeah, this jacket's fucking massive, isn't it? Like, but yeah. She's like, oh my God, like, wow, you look so amazing. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, like, no. they, yeah, they've got, they, then they've got, they've got a moment from the <laughs> last time you wore the outfit. <laughs> oh God. It's... Donna has never walked in on me on where, where it's same jacket. <laughs> oh wow! No, when we went, you still got that. <laughs> no, it's not. It's normally. It's our new one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much about that? I wore it last week. Yeah, likely story. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, uh, I, I just. I, I know there was issues behind the scenes with this, though, weren't there? Where they were saying, like, look, Martin Short is, is no love interest. Yeah. Like, you've got Dennis Quaid, and then you've got. Like Martin Short, <laughs> like you know, there's there's no love triangle involved anyway. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you have somebody similar kind of like yeah, you know, if you could find that right blend of like, zany, zany, but handsome, geeky, yeah. but still handsome. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, that blazer is fucking massive. On it, <laughs> just throw something else in there. Can you imagine if they went with Rick Moranis like they were going to do originally? <laughs> <laughs> the same scene as well. Uh, uh, it did well with Sigourney Weaver. It didn't yeah. get too bad with that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, but the, there was rumours of uh, Mel Gibson as well, weren't they? They wanted Mel Gibson in Dennis Quaid's role yeah. as well, weren't they? I um, even read like Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Michael J. Fox were the two yeah. considered. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> that was, that I don't know which way to go with that. I love that. <laughs> Schwarzenegger, can you imagine him right, going down his tab hole? Like, how you need to get out now? 
Yeah, just oh, move God. it now. Get to the chopper. <laughs> it would have been even funnier if yeah he was the short Martin Short roll. <laughs> got Mike, Michael J Fox shot down Schwarzenegger's tabo. Where he's like, uh, hey, Jack, you're late for your shift again. Uh, I don't care. Like, I'm a minimum wage. I'm I don't exist. <laughs> you need me to pay overtime now. Uh, fuck's sake. Yeah, it's uh, it's embarrassing. Like, it, it, I, I don't understand this love triangle one bit. We are now at the nightclub. So the cowboy's made his way to the nightclub. So Jack is obviously looking hot stuff with this extra large blazer jacket. <laughs> and uh, and obviously we've also got Lydia uh, following him in. Uh, and then he bumps into Bonnie. Mm. Uh, so Bonnie, this is the girl from his workplace. Who's been with everyone else in workplace. <laughs> and um, again, she's like flabbergasted of hunky stuff Jack with this blazer on she's yeah. like oh my god like where have you been all my life like you know it, 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 she's <sighs> like blown away of of this gorgeousness of a man because he's got a shitty gray blazer <laughs> jacket on um so yeah they go into the nightclub cowboy is just literally just doing cowboy moves and lydia's she's trying to she, she needs to get him to notice her so she starts dancing over to him. You know, he does some cowboy moves, a bit of lassoing, all yeah, this kind yeah. of shit. And all this time, Jack and Bonnie are just chin-wagging and she's just, again, just saying like, oh, you know, I can't believe this side of you, you know, how adventurous you are, blah de blah Where's this been all my life? And then uh, we get Lydia she's at the bar and uh, eventually like they figure it out so Cowboy's ready to go back to the hotel uh, and Lydia's like come on we need to get going we need to get going so Jack's like right Bonnie I'm sorry but I've got to fucking leave you so uh, they make their way now back to the hotel Jack's now left the, the nightclub he's following Lydia in uh, Tuck's car yeah so while this is happening, he's having an argument with Tuck, basically saying like, you know, I, I think she deserves better, basically. You know, I, I'm, I'm the guy for her, blah de blah <laughs> uh, So it's backers and forwards. He's arguing with Tuck inside himself. So he gets to the hotel, and um, and this is where, like, like, kind of Tuck psyching him up at the yeah. same time, isn't he? Mm, so yeah. it's like, like, you Knock know, you need to get in there. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is no good. Just stop whatever's happening, don't yeah. we? Yeah. And uh, it's quite funny because like Jack's really psyched up and he goes to <laughs> fucking party and it's like, no, wrong door, Jack. And it's like, right, uh, no, that's the fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so third time lucky he gets the right door and he smashes it open. And there's the cowboy in some fucking snake print underpants. <laughs> with and his, just with his boots. <laughs> his boots on. And, Come on in. And he comes in. And, yeah, and he's chuffed a bit to see him, yeah. isn't he? Like, very welcoming. Uh, and Jack just wipes him out. Uh, you know, he goes flying over at bed. And then that's where Lydia then walks in. And she's like, yeah, what the fuck's just gone off? Like, <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? And he's like, what? what? Yeah, where, why aren't you in there kind of thing? So this is now where we get Tuck becoming a scientist. Because this is where he changes Jack's face, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I've tied up the cowboy and put him in the bath at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
uh, cowboy's been knocked out. So they've tied him up, chucked him in the bathtub. Basically, Tuck's saying, right, this is no good. We still need a cowboy. So I'm going to change your face <laughs> to look like the cowboy. As you do, obviously. Mm, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it can do this from inside his body, you know, also. Again, like... Another gadget, rabbit, yeah, need yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, again, this this is a really cool scene, like, so the way they've uh, performed it, he starts the process from inside. He's got his glasses on, right, and he's got an instruction manual, so this is obviously all inside. Yeah. So from a test pilot to now he's a scientist of genetics, uh, understands how to change people's faces. And, um, yeah, he uh, his face starts puffing out. So the effect that they did with the lips uh, was just basically like just pumps, weren't mm. it? Yeah, <laughs> like, like just pumping out his cheeks. Yeah, yeah. like simple process. Some guy off camera underneath was just um, putting air pumps into the guy's <laughs> lips and, and face. So like uh, had the puffing cheeks, and then so Lydia can hear all this commotion going off in the in the bathroom. And as he comes out, he's got obviously Jack's hair. So he's, he's now changed into the cowboy. Jack's turned into the cowboy. He's still got his hair. Lydia's freaked out. She's like, what the fuck are you doing with Jack? And he's like, no. Like, like In Martin Short's voice, no, it's me, it's me. So while all this is happening, uh, at the same time, so you've got Picardo. What's his first name? Robert. Robert. So Robert Picardo is doing this scene to Meg Ryan and then she then turns round so um, eventually then Picardo then comes off camera Lydia's still talking to him and all the while behind the camera Picardo's stripping down and making his way into the bathroom to quickly change into what turns out to be the cowboy and there's a makeup artist behind a fake wall quickly chucking a fake wig onto mm. his it head. seems it seems mental that that's the way they chose yeah, to film I, it when i watched it i just assumed they'd yeah, do they'd it done it two se- yeah. yeah like um i don't know if they're needed no it, it seems it frantic shot? yeah it seems dead <laughs> like, frantic sort of but yeah it's min- it's, it's, min- yeah, it's clever that's- learning it afterwards but for one thing it didn't come across on scene like that it had been done so no. like for the amount of effort it seemed no. like it was a big payoff yeah. on screen yeah but yeah applaud the work definitely <laughs> but uh yeah. i didn't realize until listening to the commentary that that's how they did it and that's what they did just done. seems it, like you say it just seems like ott it could have been easily yeah. just a shot of the wall for a second and then a shot of the bathroom <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i'm sure they could have just said all right cut and then, and then just like shot like, <laughs> oh, there he is again in the bath. Yeah. Like, but yeah, fair play. But, well done. Yeah, he wanted to it's challenge like a, himself a that day. fake soap bit behind the, the head of the bath. <laughs> they were like frantically putting the wig back <laughs> in all day. It's I mean, so funny to the look chaos. hear that they did that. Yeah, can you imagine if that one take like, failed and then it's just like, right, we're going to have to do that again. So he's going to have to then rechange to then, re- like, you know what I mean? It's just, and go through all that whole procedure. The makeup artist is going to have to get all ready. It's just like a lot of fucking assholes. Just it for, must for have been some time constraint or something, surely. Or well, like Matt said, though, that's adding to it. Yeah. If, if anything, yeah, on it'd one, be yeah. easier just to end the shot at like panning to the wall. Yeah. Reshoot in the bath, like because yeah. nothing can go wrong there. No. <laughs> yeah. Mental. 
No, fair play though. I'd yeah, say. it's probably like you said, just wanted to challenge himself. He seems, seems one of them directors where yeah. he likes that sort of thing, and then it's a story to add at the end. Like, yeah, we yeah. did this in one take. <laughs> yeah, because what happened in this? Day? <laughs> uh, let me explain. So yeah. Uh, absolutely crazy scene but uh, yeah fair play to him it all gets pulled off I definitely didn't notice that there was like a, a mad rush like you know he's lying there he's still tied up in bath and that's the end of the scene we then get Lydia sees obviously the cowboy is who he should be is in the bath and she's basically just freaking out and and you get the scene there where uh, Cardo, uh, sorry, the cowboy is, uh, is like looking in the mirror and he's pulling his skin and his cheeks and it's like all oh, looks fake and that. But no, that's his real skin apparently. It's very, <laughs> yeah. very kind of stretchy uh, and that's just its natural kind of substance. Um, so yeah, then we then cut to Scrimshaw's ass. So we we go to Victor Scrimshaw's ass. We've got obviously Jack as the cowboy. And they're trying to, you know, obviously make this uh, sale of uh, the chip. They meet up and they go into this big greenhouse uh, where they have breakfast. And there's quite an interesting story here because there's a a dog at the (laughs) breakfast table. Mm. Um, Well, apparently Margaret was late in for shooting that day. where Margaret was actually supposed to be sat where the dog is. Um, so because they just had to carry on, they've just, yeah, filled left it up. Left the dog in. Left the dog <laughs> there. To, and, and so all that scene was completely ad-libbed for that literal moment of time um, because she was late into filming. Like, <laughs> I mean, as simple as that. So they're all sat down. Uh, they're obviously trying to uh, just discuss the sale of this chip. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, to be fair, I, I quite like this because Picardo, it, uh, the way he gets Short's mannerisms, mm. like, yeah, he it, it does it so well, yeah. doesn't he? Like, yeah. um, and, and he doubles him like that calamitous kind of way. He does it so well. And, and this whole scene's really well structured. To and, the point as well where you, you're feeling like that Picardo's putting on, he's, he's basically doing a voice. It's doing an impersonation of Martin Short's character doing of is the yeah. cowboy's voice. It's, it's, it's clever, clever, very yeah. clever. Yeah, you forget that it is almost. Yeah. You think that it's Martin Short. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to be fair, that's yeah. Is exaggerating his own yeah. voice. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's it's so cleverly done. So um, they're they're discussing the sale of this anyway, and. Um, he introduces obviously Meg Ryan. He says, uh, "Hey, yeah, this is my sister, uh, uh, in-law, obviously." <laughs> uh, and um, so, uh, yeah, they're stuttering the way through, and then as they're discussing things, this is where his tooth <laughs> falls out. Tooth falls out. <laughs> <laughs> Spits it across the table, pretty much, doesn't it? Oh <laughs> man, it's fucking nuts. Uh, so, yeah, you've got obviously Scrimshaw. Who's just like looking at him, gone out, and straight away he's like, right, there, yeah, this isn't right, mm-hmm. and it, and he and he comes up with this clever way of, of just like, hey, you know what? Also, is uh, great about the cowboy is his uh, his resistance yeah, to pain. <laughs> we get a glimpse of that early on his first interruction, don't we? Because he put out a cigar in his own palm. Yeah, yeah when so it's on plane, like, oh, yeah. What's gonna come here? Yeah, and uh, we also 
got Igo, who's in, and he starts blowtorching, uh, uh, basically just cooking an egg in front of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With his blowtorch hand. Yeah. Very right. Jaws from Bond sort of esque, isn't it? Like, I, I definitely get that sort of vibe off, off of Igo. Well, yeah, totally. Uh, again, it's. Scrimshaw himself, it, it's all kind of like bomb villainy, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Like, yeah. No, it's, it, the way the it's, 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 yeah, it's brilliantly done. And and this is where then uh, the cowboy then starts having a meltdown, like he's panicking and uh, tucks inside, telling him to calm down. But now his face is slowly <laughs> then turning into his original face of Jack. So this is like more prosthetics, total recall style yeah. Yeah. in my eyes, yeah. like big time in it. Yeah, uh, the, the <laughs> face on Mark when he goes into Mars yeah, atmosphere, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, eyeballs blowing up. Yeah, like, like, yeah, totally. It just reminded me of that scene uh, with his mask coming off, and then yeah, and all of a sudden we are then greeted with Jack, and uh, it's uh, back to normal. So a lot of commotion then happens. They're there for the chip. So Jack then grabs the chip um, and it's all calamitous. It gets flung about. Uh, they drop it. He's chucking it to Lydia and it's back as in forest like this. And it ends up in the dog's bowl like, for food, don't it? Mm. Uh, yep. uh, while he's eating. Uh, so they don't f- actually get the chip. But uh, Scrimshaw manages to find the chip out of the dog's bowl of food. So then this is where Jack and Lydia, they get caught up to then chucked into the uh, cellar and they're just held hostage now. So they're they're at a point where it's like, you know, what the fuck do we do? While this is all kind of happening, uh, Tuck's obviously talking to Jack and stuff. And uh, for some reason, this is the, the scene where Jack wants a bit of quiet time to... Explain yeah. to Lydia about his feelings. For yeah, I, what just, did he explain? Though? Yeah, it's, he had to shut him down. It's like, yeah. no, it's a bad idea. Um, he says, "Yeah, I, I, I just need this. You owe me this. Don't listen in. Like, See, just turn just, off." It comes Enough. across like creepy. Like he yeah. just wants. It just his whole intention. Yeah, that's it. He just wants. I've got you inside me. I don't want to. I don't want to tell her that about my feelings while I've got there. And then. Yeah, it's, yeah, it it, make, it don't make sense, and he don't it's really bullshit. anyway, does he? That's what I'm saying. Nah. But it is is obviously also explaining to Lydia that Tuck is inside him yeah. as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um. So she, you know, he's trying to explain to her that what the whole, you know, all this time he's been inside me and all this, and explaining that whole situation. Uh, and she, obviously she's she's not she's taking it with a pinch of salt, but then Tuck says right. Tell her this story uh, about the, the the scene where like you know he, he basically his towel falls off the mm. taxi scene, mm. and straight away she understands you know what he's on about, and they kiss. We are at Scrimshaw's lab now. Jack he's strapped down on a table. Uh, Lydia is obviously uh, she's been held hostage in a, a room somewhere with this fucking piece of shit guard. Like, he's just like a clown, isn't he? So they are getting Igo ready. So they've got their own mechanism ship. Like, I don't understand why Like they've gone for more of a suit while the other guys well, have gone his, for a ship. This is more of a coffin with a screen yeah. in the front. It's, it's, it's like having some stand. arms. Like, yeah, it's very weird. It reminds me of the Centurions cartoon. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. time. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I don't... 
Um, according to obviously Joe Dante on the commentary, they, they wanted like uh, the the villains to obviously have more money, so everything was a lot more clean and mm. clinical and crisp and and like more high tech because yeah. they had more money. Yeah. But the suit made no sense. No. Like, for that it reason, more high tech with the other ship. Yeah. The other the other thing that made me laugh in this lab was where they said that you know Margaret would surround herself with really good looking uh, lab technicians. So they, they cast all like models and like male models <laughs> to be surrounded by for the, for the lab instead of like proper scientists. They're this is a whore like, bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why have they made her such a freaking whore bag? It's really <laughs> unnecessary. Well, well, isn't it? I mean, like, it the vibrator like. bit was enough. Yeah. Like, yeah, just leave it at that. We understand. Proper don't Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're getting Jack uh, uh, basically strapped down now, uh, and they're looking to shrink Igo, who's in this well, this state-of-the-art suit, um, ready to then get injected into Jack. So we then cut to Lydia, who's still got access to a handbag, which also has the uh, fa- uh, the laser gun, yeah, like, you know, taser. taser, taser gun. So, uh, yeah, she pulls it out and she electrocutes the guard. So Lydia's now, like, free to just basically go on the run. Uh, we then go back to Igo. He's in the suit. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more, obviously, menacing and stuff. Uh, Tuck's now floating about in a body. But this is then where we then come into, like, the scene where we see a a baby, don't mm. we? Oh, we see the hand freak. first. And you don't yeah. know what that is, that hand, because it's obviously um, uh, a, like a forming fetus sort of at that point. So you don't know at that point when you get the first shot and then it pans to this baby's head, which again is all practical effects. Like they built this model baby, which is like, but I don't know, it's a huge thing. Um, and so that it could scale it against the, the little scale ship and everything. It's just amazing. It, it is. Just, it unreal. looks like a... It's like, yeah. um, just yeah, like, like a real a scan or something. Yeah, like like 4D just, uh, scan you'd get now, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, yeah, you can see why they won the Oscar because the, the, the effort they pour into making this look like how it did, it's, it's, in, it's an incredible feat, to be fair. This alone, this, this, it was like an incredible shot. Like, you know, so, you know, enough respect to the guys. And none of it at all feels gratuitous like they don't there's there's not a because they can they do it it's no. like yeah it's brilliant just glimpses are yeah. enough because yeah. it's just so like breathtaking it's yeah just, and so realistic yeah so tuck's now realized that he is in lydia and she's pregnant so uh this is where they now go to inject i go into jack so this is now where lydia then bursts onto the scene uh, she's she's got a weapon and she's holding everybody hostage just as they're about to inject uh, I go into Jack um, and I like this because um, they were saying this whole scene were, wasn't directed very well uh, on purpose because uh, apparently uh, Meg Ryan was moaning to Joe Dante it's like why isn't he directing us like so this whole scene was like filmed. Yeah, uh, uh, and <laughs> just for a reason. To, yeah. For a reason, where it's like, so all the random button pressing and switches was just them ablibbing the way through it. Where it's like, well, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing, which <laughs> yeah. is what 
was exactly the point. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't give them much direction. He left them to just fuck about with set and just <sighs> blag the way through the scene. Um, and, and it turned out to be like how it did. And he says Meg Ryan was getting quite ratty about it, where it's like, why aren't you talking? Like, what, what are we doing? And, and he's like, that's the whole point. Like, you know, it's like, just switch things, just press buttons. You don't know what you're doing. That's the whole point. So, yeah, it's, uh, I find that quite a cool little story. So all this time, like, they, they get them into, like, their little booth. And it was like, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, she don't know what she's doing. Uh, but then they do actually press the right button. And it's like, yeah, uh, minimise the ready. And it's like, oh, shit. And like, yeah, uh, everyone, close your eyes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, now they've actually figured out, like, you know, by accident, the right buttons to press. And um, and this is where they actually, like, miniaturise them to 50%. Uh, <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah and they eventually uh, Jack and Lydia grab the chip and they make a run for it as they're making a run for it uh, they're going down like these steps uh, and Lydia hears Cupid Cupid from Sam Cooke getting played through um, her ears and she says do you hear that that's our song and and Jack's like what 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 I don't what are you on about come on we need to get going so like they're obviously still running away uh, and all this time, we're also getting the cops making the way to the lab now. Don't know who's rang them. <laughs> like, they're just turning up. Um, I can't see how like <laughs> some villains who are wanting to like take over the world uh, were then like, call the cops. Like, this isn't fair. Like, they've, they've stole our shit. Like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the cops are on the way. Uh, also, again, this is where Jack still thinks Tuck is inside him. And is making him strong, and, and it's like you know he's psyching him up to be this like bigger and better man. Uh, so he, the a henchman comes up the stairs and he punches him and wipes him out, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, well done, Tuck. Thanks for giving me all that inner strength and that to do what I've done." Yeah, Lydia again hears that music. Yeah, and then eventually this is where the, she realizes Tuck's inside me. Like, and through them kissing that's where she realises like that's how she's passed through so they kiss again just like that uh, so it don't matter it, it could have been anywhere like, but just this one yeah. kiss uh, and it's like yeah oh, oh, that, yeah he's back now uh, yeah that's it yeah it's, it's sorted like, it could have been fucking down in a bowels room <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean but like, this one kiss yeah he's back in Jack well, we know he was down in you know, feet or so. He, he managed. He gets around the body so quickly. Yeah. Well, Jack's clearly an expert tongue technician. Yeah. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah, to be fair, eight is Ryan. You would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cleaner intestines Fuck out of yeah. his tongue. Marty Short's never getting rolled like this again, is he? Like, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, he's embracing it. Right? Mm. But um, yeah, Tuck's back now. Right? It's all good. Uh, we then get Margaret and Scrimshaw. Yeah, so they're making their way into the car. So the back seats of a car. And uh, yeah, some awesome perspective shots yeah, showing this, off. This whole car scene apparently took like a week to film. It's, and it's, it's amazing how they did it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and again, this is just like unreal, just craftsmanship. Um, uh, getting the perspectives and, and the editing of everything and, and there's some real graph put into this yeah. this this random scene isn't there like, building yeah. that car alone like how they, they they sort of extended this normal looking car and stuff and yeah yeah, yeah. It, yeah brilliant the shots I mean like so um, obviously like they, they've shrunk down so 
they got a Volvo car, they split it in half, and they, they had the back half, sorry, they, uh, so they had the front half, uh, which was Lydia and Jack, and they had an extra large back <laughs> made to then be pushed further away so there's like it's basically just like the uh, false pers- perspective of the shot uh, so like when it comes to them fighting so you'll see like bits where like uh, you've got Kevin McCarthy and Margaret and stuff uh, Scrimshaw fighting what apparently is like Lydia and Jack is actually just enlarged dummy heads <laughs> like, where yeah. they've had to just like aggressively fight with these dummies and then it'll switch to then like uh, the false perspective again and and this is genuinely there's this whole scene it's just chopping from different angles and stuff so yeah it's a real work of art to be fair and and at the same time there's a few ropey like kind of like, <laughs> yeah pu- with the hands puppetry yeah, and, and the i mean yeah you can <laughs> the arms i mean it's just like extended arms aren't oh, they? Yeah. Like, it just looks so stupid yeah um but yeah again it's good fun uh, so then we get also cutting into Igo, who's now fighting Tuck. This is uh, they're having like a big battle inside Jack now. Uh, Igo is latching onto Tuck's uh, uh, ship and is trying to drill into like his his front screen yeah. into, and, and they're making the way down into uh, Jack's stomach, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's quite funny because in order to get Build some acid up and and to try and get I go in uh, you know into like a uh, kind of like a dangerous Perilous situation. situation. Mm. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't want to scare you or anything, but uh, I noticed some are uh, potentially uh, quite big and growing inside you. And then obviously Jack's like, oh my god, like, I've got a tumor growing or whatever. Uh, oh right, that's me also now. And, and so like then the also kicks in. And uh, uh, his stomach acid then, like, you know, starts building up and, and they fall into his stomach. Yeah, and this is where the uh, melt I go yeah. uh, into, like, a skeleton, basically, don't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, so, yeah, they have a tussle. Strong skeleton. <laughs> it's like everything else melts, like, metal melts, <laughs> yeah. but not a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. Like, they just needed that bit of summit just to show, like, yeah, he's dead. It is um, a good effect, though, as well. It's just a good thinking effect. that yeah. the skeleton's in his stomach. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it, 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 it was quite clever because all it was was just, like, water uh, with the green light sh- mm. shined on it, weren't it, and, and, and all this. And, and then they just basically just had pumps from underneath the water to get it pumping up and stuff. And, yeah, so, again, it like, great imagination for the practical effects. So, uh, yeah, I goes now dead. Uh, we see Margaret and uh, Victor Scrimshaw, and uh, they're at the phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, false perspective. They had to make an extra large phone booth, and also the extras in the scene were all filmed from different like uh, areas. Yeah, they were really close to the camera, weren't yeah, they? And then the phone booth was, yeah. For, for, like, filmed miles, weren't it? Yeah, it's, it's so a clever. huge phone booth. <laughs> All this time, obviously, oxygen's getting low for talk. We've got Jack and Lydia, they're making their way now to the lab. Uh, so they make the way in. Yeah, luckily, all the lab technician guys are all there. And Jack's like, you know, we, we need to get her out. You know, tucks, you know, we need to get Tuck out, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the chip and all this kind of shit. All this commotion going off. 
they need to figure out how to get Tuck out. Then this is where Jack then mentions his get me some hairspray. Uh, and it's got because someone passes him moose at first, don't you? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not moose. He's <laughs> like he sprays it up in the air. <laughs> like, no, not moose. Like, yeah, hairspray. Uh, so he sprays the shit into his face and uh, he sneezes onto this uh, guy's glasses. So they uh, obviously figure out, oh, oh, well, oh, right, you know, he's he's out. He's on these glasses. We need to get him out. So th- this is very where... lucky that the where he sneezed was somebody wearing glasses yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, he sneezed in front of someone or something because otherwise they'd have lost him. It could have been forever. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like how the hell? Like, yeah. He's so so lucky. I'd have had to get Rick Moranis oh, and his um, yeah. <laughs> goggles and his uh, magnifying glass. endlessly going by, around that <laughs> lab in the, on a washing line. <laughs> so, yeah, miraculously, they now have Tuck ready to get big and grow in the, in the machine. Uh, and, and I like this because like the the frantically getting this chip in and and the poor it to that robot and it's fucking about it and it's just like that. Just, yeah. God's sake, <laughs> give me this. Just, Ain't nobody got time for just that. Fucking does it so like Why don't they do that in first place? I don't know. And then the, in order to grow in there, I like this because they go to that computer, don't they? And, and there's a password in there, so it's it's basically a fifty fifty chance. It's eat me or drink drink me. me. Yeah, and that's that, in Wonderland. Yeah, and the, uh, briefly, like, uh, Jack says, uh, oh, uh, Exorcist. Like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, it's uh, in Wonderland. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I never even clicked on because he's so, so quick. But apparently, even him saying The Exorcist is cut from American TV. Like, really? So, yeah. Because, oh, oh. like, basically, <laughs> the eat me yeah, like, yeah, was yeah, the hint. Yeah. It was just like, I never even clicked on no. to that. But it's like, yeah, it's quality. I love that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, X6. Oh, oh no, uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> oh, it's quality. So, uh, yeah, they figure it all out. Everything works. Tuck's now big. Uh, he's alive. And he uh, gets dragged out. And uh, this is where he then comes uh, to you know, sees Lydia. And straight away they hug and they kiss. And uh, it's just instant, like, you know, they've missed each other and all this. Uh, and you've got Jack looking in. And uh, yeah, he's, he's smiling, but deep yeah. down, he's like, fuck me. I really had a chance. You know, I've still got that blazer, you know. Like, um, but yeah, he, he had no chance, realistically. So they hug. Uh, obviously, now we get to Tuck. He, he sees Jack for the first time in person. And, and like, yeah, it's a, a man hug. Uh, and it's all happy days. Yeah, everything's fine. Touchy moment. Yeah, it's it a feel good moment, isn't it? It is. Because uh, then we instantly then go to the wedding so Lydia and Tuck no fucking about get married Jack is Tuck's best man as well alright so yeah real bondage like we're really really strange guest list at this fucking wedding though (laughs) I don't understand it whatsoever so we've got Jack's doctor why is Jack's Jack's doctor Jack's co-workers his manager from his why I was half surprised that the customer from his nightmare (laughs) weren't they like maid of honour or something I'm still not paying for the mass Fred (laughs) well apparently she was actually written in to appear did you hear that on the commentary yeah like, it's just like a, a psychedelic bit, like yeah, yeah. That, that she was just going to pop up in like the, 
It's like again, it's just so random. Like it's it's all Jack's friends. Exactly, you know? like, it's to literally... talk to Lydia's wedding. It, yeah, it, it just don't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> and they're all waving like where yeah. they all know talk like exactly. really well. Yeah. It's like oh, them guys, you know, like oh, bless them. Like, where's the family? Where's the... <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a lot of random yeah, guys. I know there so is, that, that could literally be Lydia's brother um, and got, it's um, just the fact that they've got God the prominence. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's just people in Jack's <laughs> life, but they're all so happy to see him, aren't they? So, oh god, them guys, I can't believe they've made it. Like, yeah. uh, I love them That's guys. So, brilliant for them guys. Yeah, Jack's doctor is like, god, them guys. Like, oh, I love them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for them. So yeah, they uh, they all get into uh, obviously uh, the the car, the wedding car. And uh, this is where we obviously badly disguised cowboy yeah. you know, as the show. <laughs> yeah, there's no hiding that after. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's got a fucking heavy suitcase, like you know, struggling to pour it in boot. And then as he lifts it, you've got Margaret and uh, Victor Scrimshaw who are inside, and they're, they're basically telling him to like, you know, like you know, everything's set, blah blah. blah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he says, right, right, shut, shut the case, shut the case. And uh, again. Brilliantly filmed because it took like twenty odd takes for this yeah. just to time it. So the hand is the closest to the camera, and they had to like with wire time the hand going down to it looked like he's shutting the case wow. on yeah. these guys. I mean, it's so just shut, shut the case with a wire, but then it's got to time perfectly. So yeah, it's like the hand shutting it. The detail That's built this huge suitcase for them both to get in, <laughs> and the guy who plays Scrimshaw apparently is like loving messing around with this huge giant <laughs> bra. Yeah. He kept putting it on his head and stuff. <laughs> well, how would they breathe in it anyway? Like it's shut proper yeah. solid as a suitcase, no air holes or anything. Uh, you know, it's like you would literally suffocate. Uh, it's crazy. So, uh, so yes. So we've still got Margaret and Scrimshaw alive in the suitcase uh, of the bride and groom's car. Oh, wow. and we had the we had the little reveal that Tuck's got the microchips as cufflinks, Auntie. So that's yeah. why they're pursuing him still. Yeah, they'll never know. <laughs> like, hey, no one even, oh, yeah. no yeah. one even clicked on. Look at my cufflinks, and like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy! Uh, you know. <laughs> so they drive off, and uh, and but for some reason, like Jack, what do, what does he see? What makes him click? Because he figures it out. Don't he you? just suddenly realizes he... that with a cowboy who were driving. Yeah, I think he knows. He just what did just... he see that? It... It was being distracted by being everyone congratulating him. Was it him. the boots? Did you see the boots getting yes, into the yeah, car? Yes, I think it is. It was the boots, yeah, because he tips the chauffeur. He says, "Don't skip any red lights, doesn't he?" And then he must. Yeah, I think he must have seen he the sees, boot. Yeah, yeah, see yeah, the yeah. boot. Yeah. yeah, I like it because his doctor's like uh, comes up to it. He's like, uh, uh, "Yeah, uh, hey Jack, uh, why don't you stop by the office? Uh, I've got some new tests I'd like to try on you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Bonnie then comes out and. Yeah, she wants to have a piece. She just and, flashes gash yeah. pretty much, doesn't yeah. she, to him? And he's like, eh, and she no took, thanks. She no. took a light to his doctor as well, didn't yeah. she? And, and then managed to manage yeah. <laughs> time. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Jack declines everything and uh, jumps in the car. Steals Tuck's car. And, and, um, and it's like, right, I'm going to save the day again. And uh, we get Rod Stewart uh, twisting the night away, playing in the background. <laughs> And uh, then it rolls credits uh, as they drive into the San Francisco countryside. Yes. So. That's it. Inner space. Inner space. Mammoth 
episode. So uh, yeah, uh, it, I mean it's a two-hour movie. It's a it's a it's a big movie. Isn't mm. it? Uh, there's a lot to put in, and there's a lot of trivia to talk about. So uh, so yeah, we've uh, we've gone quite long, but it's been worth it for you guys to understand all this pointless trivia about <laughs> this movie. So um, so we go straight into results. So we'll go for Dave. Right. What so, do you think about the two movies and your champion of the episode? Right. So really, really enjoyed watching both of these back. <clears throat> Watched them both multiple times in my childhood. <laughs> yeah, we're always going to be a tough one to review and it's even tougher one to try and court. But I think mainly based on the fact I got more out of this rewatch now on this particular film than I do. I think I'm going to go for Inner Space as my champion of the episode. I appreciate them both for what they are, and I think mm. they're just brilliant in the practical effects, the way they deliver stories. But if I'm if I'm really, really honest, Inner Space will be one I'll probably go back and go back and go back. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I, I, I'm glad I watched it again, but I probably won't. I wouldn't put it back on. I won't... Mm. But in a space, I'd, I'd I'd sit down and I I feel like going over, putting it back on now and going over bits that I've missed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so in a space for me. Yeah. Awesome. awesome, Chris. Yeah, so very similar. Really, I enjoyed watching both of these and both massive films of my childhood. Like the effects are the stars of both of these films. Um, loved them both. This for me has been the hardest one to call. Like out of the all the episodes we've done so far. Like, I enjoyed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I think, um, more on the rewatch because within a space, like, um, I think, you know, you mentioned about it being a two-hour film. I think there's some, like, some editing that could have been done to make it a better film for me personally. A few bits here and there that could have been cut back. Um, So just purely for that reason alone, I'm going to go with uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for for my... um, for my winner, it's just like a, a nice, easier watch. I've like engaged all the way through. Whereas with uh, in a space, there were a few little lulls where I felt like maybe this bit wasn't needed. Mm. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, honey, I shrunk the kids for me. All right. So right. So that's one one. So you deciding that. I'm going in a space. Uh, unfortunately for you, Chris, I, I just. Uh, yeah, both both worthy for me. Again, yeah, I I think like you say, this is a masterclass in practical effects, like for both. And uh, I love the both having like so many connections. The the, the connections to like the old fifties like movies, sixties kind of B movies. You know, the Incredible Shrinking Man, Fantastic Voyage. Like you said, like the practical effects are the star of the show. You've got obviously Joe Johnston for Shrunk the Kids, who's like kind of just basically his mind invented Star Wars. And you've also got Inner Space, again, you've got the ILM uh, related to that. And, uh, and again, a masterclass in practical effects with, with all the inside of body stuff. Uh, and I think. The story just does it for inner space for me. I mean, like, you've got your connection with the characters, especially like Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. The way they connect in inner space makes the movie. Martin Short is just this crazy, zany character. You can't help but be drawn in with him and his, and his performance. 
and he drives that film where like as regards to Shrunk the Kids you, you've got like Rick Moranis and, and he's almost kind of like a straight guy compared to some of his other roles yeah. the, the child actors in that weren't enough to drive Shrunk the Kids as a movie um, so yeah again if you take away the effects for that you haven't really got much of a movie where Inner Space like has got great effects but also just an incredible cast a supporting cast on top of that as well uh, and yeah it's just a great adventure story so yeah Inner Space for me is the winner so that means Inner Space is our shrink double champion of the episode so we're uh, well done Inner Space like, yeah. woohoo Dave finally you picked I know I'm on a winning yeah, side for it, back, yeah. back on a roll so so yeah that is the end of the episode. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed listening in to this mammoth double double episode. We have a Christmas episode coming up soon where yeah, we there's have a, our... I would say there's a fat man coming in this soon. So we're... Yeah, we have a, a first guest as well coming in. We have Let's Talk Turkey's podcast coming in to review Trading Places for our Christmas episode. So I hope you can join us for that uh, for a bit of a different style like with us having like a special guest. So yeah, hope you've enjoyed our shrinking episode though. I hope you join us for our Christmas episode with our special guest. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs>